You may just be a high school girl, but now you're a high school girl with a giant robot. This is 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Skies of Academia, a podcast about critical analysis of games, their systems, and their social and cultural influences. I'm your host, Dustin, and with me today is Luke. Hello! And Melissa. Hi. Uh, So after uh, recording their own rogue episode about Pathologic, because I refuse to play Pathologic... Yeah, you were gonna play it so we could all record about it, and then you didn't, and you're like, I'll get to it. And, like, it's been over a year now. Yeah, I never I never did get past more than, like, three or four hours of playtime in Pathologic 2. To be fair, Fuck it yeah. is a very intimidating game. To be fairer, they added a difficulty setting. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I know. If you just uh, want to see the story, you can do it. But um, I, I think it loses a little, little bit of its power if you're not struggling. Yeah, I'm. I don't disagree, but I want Dustin to see the fucking story. Yeah, I'll look uh, after I after I'm done playing Final Fantasy X 2 I will then do the most <sighs> whiplash thing possible, <laughs> and then go back to Pathologic Two and put all the sliders all the way up. For I have like four different friends who were like, "Oh yeah, uh, I should try that out sometime." And just every t- like, every time I see them starting a new game, I'm just silently seething. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we are not here to talk about Pathologic 2 or Final Fantasy X-2. I mean, if you want to hear the X-2 thing, that's in, like, the uh, the prologue episode to Skies of Arcadia, Skies of Academia proper. Uh, we're here to talk about 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Uh, the uh, latest game is it Aegis or Aegis? How Aegis? Aegis. It's think about it like it's supposed to be like the A E together, like an encyclopedia. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, okay. There's also Aegis if you want to pronounce it like the you know uh, cute robot lady in uh, Persona Three. She spells her name with an I though. That's A I G I S. Is oh, oh does she? Oh, you know what? A- okay. Oh, you're right. In she the Japanese version, it's Aegis. In the American version, it's Aegis. Okay. Ah, that hurts me. Ah. Mm, I see. <laughs> Just spelling it, kind of. Oh. All right. Third. <laughs> this is like when this is like how uh, apparently we're all saying Eidolon incorrectly. Yeah, it's supposed to be Eidolon. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, anyway, Thirteen <laughs> Sentinels Aegis Rim. Uh, is the latest game from Vanillaware, uh, who are most popular for um, Odin Sphere and uh, perhaps infamous uh, for a Dragon's Crown. Uh, they've done a yeah. they've done a few other games as well. I think uh, Knights in the Nightmare is one of them. Really? Is that, that what sounds it right? Is? Yes. I believe. Holy shit! That... So, oh wait, no, I'm I'm wrong. That's the different Sting Entertainment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I could have sworn they'd had one that had knights in it somewhere. 
Uh, I really should have already looked this up. Yeah, probably. Uh, Grand Knight's History. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, Grand Knight's History, Muramasa the Demon Blade. Um, A bunch of, like, games that... Well, a a few games that sold decently well, um, and some other ones that just kind of came and went, but had, you know, small circle of fans. Um, Yeah. 13 Sentinels is also, I think, is also going a similar route, where, like... Uh, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of people actually playing or talking about 13 Sentinels, uh, but boy, do I love this game. <laughs> it is out of nowhere. Like, I mean, is this AAA? Do we consider this AAA? It's published by Atlas. I think so. And so. I, I think it's one of those games that shows how, like, squirrely that label is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very mutable fra- phrase. <laughs> like, I mean, like I, if double A were a thing, it might be double A. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, double like, it's weird because you get, like, the really big indie companies, and then they're in kind of a weird yeah. spot. I would say Vanillaware is AAA in the, in the same definition that Double Fine is AAA. That's true. Sure, yeah. They, they, they occupy the same space to me. So, God, like... I think before we start digging into this game proper, because... So we, we always have spoiler warnings for uh, this sort of thing. Um, and like in some cases, it's less important than others. I think for 13 Sentinels, um, particularly, uh, if you are interested in playing this game, please, for the love of God, I mean, I guess I'm not your dad, you can do whatever, but I would strongly recommend not listening to this until you've done playing it, because a big part of what appealed to me uh, about 13 Sentinels was um, my expectations and perceptions of what the story actually was uh, yeah. being subverted pretty much constantly as more and more things were revealed. Uh, it is a game with like nonstop plot twists in a way that like if you already know the whole story going in, you're still going to get enjoyment out of it and like the characters are fun and all that, but it definitely likes playing with you know, feeding you partial information to make you draw the wrong conclusions and then pulling the rug out from under you. Yeah, it, de- it deliberately tries to lead you a certain way before subverting that. Yeah. I mean, is this our is this our non-spoiler sell for this game? Yeah, basically. Like, it's... The basic non-spoilery spoilery sell on it is, I think, like, uh, there's 13 teenagers who have to protect their home spanning multiple uh time periods uh from yeah. kaiju uh while they pilot giant robots uh and you view and you view like multiple different perspectives of the story of what's happening through a through like a almost rashomon type system where you get each of their sp- perspectives to unravel you know what's actually happening so I have not seen the actual movie Rashomon, but I've seen a lot of things based on it. Isn't that the idea that, like, every perspective is more subjective and, like, they don't all line up? Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Rashomon yeah. is more about subjectivity, whereas, like, 13 This Sentinels... is more like the hit movie Vantage Point, which is <laughs> relevant me? because, uh, like, mid-2000s half-decent thrillers are, like, the fuel of this story's fire. That's so. true. It also does deliver... It also does explicitly <laughs> reference source code, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this game loves its references is the thing. It wears all of its influence yeah, yeah. on its sleeve. You tell these people love science fiction of all sorts. It started, like, at, initially, I found it kind of tedious. They're like, yeah, I get it, uh-huh. 
Uh, oh wow, you have a quote from War of the Worlds for this. Wow, impress. Wow, let me give you a little golf clap. It gets so fucking in the weeds with that though that it kind of comes out the other end. I'm like, no, I love this. This is great. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't. You, it's catchy. Like you're catching that enthusiasm. Yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a joke that works uh, by how f- surely by how far they go with it. It's like Especially anyone, anyone can make a reference t- to like a, a highly well-known piece of important pop culture. Uh, few, yeah. fewer fewer will reference source code. <laughs> yeah, the, the part of what made it really great too. This is still kind of the non-spoiler section, but for a significant chunk of my time playing it, I was thinking. Wow, there's one big science fiction franchise they have not referenced here. Weird. Weird that they didn't do that one. And then the final twist of the game is that they reference it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think at this point, um, we're going to end the non-spoiler section. Um, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, I, I assume you two do as well. Oh, yeah. I mean... Melissa's the one who got me into it. It's a contender for game (laughs) of the year. Like, I don't think it's going to be my game of the year. I already know what that is, but it Mm. it got way higher on my list than I expect any AAA type game to get. It's almost certainly in the top five for me, possibly in the top three. (laughs) I have a top ten list on a notepad sheet right here. Right now, it's at number eight for me. I think I'm the most, I think right now at least, I am the most negative about it of anyone here. I like it a lot. I was really into it while I was going through it, and the ending left me a little mixed. And I'm I'm at a point right now where I feel like I'm not totally sure where I come down on it. And I I'm hoping by talking through this with y'all, I will get come to have a more concrete opinion about it. You might you might catch a little bit of my enthusiasm because I think the final yeah. final twist is um, what really sells it for me. But yeah. I'm sure, I yeah, am yeah. a big uh, we're, we're in spoiler territory now, right? Yeah, like. Yeah, let him rip. I I am a big space nerd. Is the thing. Yeah, you mean like the big panspermia thing? We're like, oh, there's like this is just one drone out of a billion or whatever. Yeah, uh, that's the thing though. Is like it's showing a whole other galaxy. Do you realize how long it takes, even if you had light speed, to get to another galaxy? Space is huge. Right. This is this is gonna go on for eternity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the the scope of it in that final epilogue, uh, really really expands um i think at the very least we're gonna have an interesting discussion about the ending because i think all three of us have different things that we care about about the ending well we all Uh we all enjoy different sci-fi properties is the thing like we all have very different tastes and this brings a lot to the table yeah um so i think the 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 first interesting thing that 13 sentinels does and it's also the first thing that i think both uh, Luke and I started to suspect was that there's not actually time travel going on in this story. <laughs> yeah, I felt like a very clever boy for starting to think that before I got to a character say, I don't think we're time traveling, actually. It really depends on what order you do stuff in, too, because sometimes you learn oh, yeah. some things a little sooner than someone else might. Um, yeah. I think that, so, you know, just full disclosure, I didn't actually play the game. I watched a streamer play it, a very lovely mm-hmm. streamer. Um, but I was there the whole time, like every glued to the screen every second, just speculating with everyone else in chat and the streamer, like what the fuck's going on here. I think, right, right. I think we figured out the time travel or lack thereof thing a little early on, but God, like it's hard. It's hard to say what we what we figured out last. What we figured out first because it's 
Yeah, I will say like stories as they come. Yeah, like I I will say like I knew you know you had before we started recording like you had mentioned like oh I only watched it I didn't play it you know that you mentioned like talk you know being there in Twitch chat it this game I think would be really actually interesting to experience via Twitch chat because like you're yeah. there with a bunch of other people doing speculation. It's like almost like a, a real time, like, like We're what happened with lost it. back in the day, you know, yeah, like, yeah. that was like, those are good streams because like the streamer was into it. We were really into it. Like, like I was making sure I was there Johnny on the spot, every stream, not missing a single second of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, whereas I just, uh, I've been home sick with COVID, and I just spent, like, five days straight just planted on my couch playing through it. <laughs> Can't leave the house, may as well play through this anime game. Yeah. So- socialize with all these uh, very troubled high school students. Right. Um, one thing I really... Uh, I think that you give. I first kind of want to give general impressions of the, of the gameplay before we dig into like the the meat of the story and, and character stuff. But what yeah. what really surprised me about how I approached the game is that um, at least the co- the combat system started out like really really kind of neat to me, and like as as I played more of it. Um, you know, it just felt a little repetitive by the end to where I'm like, uh-huh. okay, I just want to get through this as fast as possible to get back to where I can do the story. Because the visual novel portions, like with the sort of light adventure game touches, is uh-huh. what like really hooked me and what I cared about. Like, you, honestly, this right. game probably would have could have ditched the battles and I would have been more positive about it. <laughs> I so I almost had the opposite arc where when I first did the battles I'm like this is too overwhelming I can barely like visually parse the battle screen they're throwing too many like stats at me at the same time I don't understand these level up screens at all whatever it's actually pretty easy even on normal so I can just kind of plow through it it doesn't matter who cares just get me back to the story stuff and then as I got deeper in and like started had time to like sit and stare at all the menus and kind of make sense of them. I'm like, you know what? I actually kind of like this. And I I definitely agree with you that the bread and butter of it is the the visual novel side of it, but I had fun with the strategy game element of it. B, just being an outside observer, was why are all these teenagers naked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I'm sure that was your first reactions too, actually. <laughs> yeah, because I heard people talking up this game. So I have never played a VanillaWare game. I remember way back when Odin Sphere came out, people being really high on it. And I don't know, I just didn't get on that bus for whatever reason. Odin Sphere is really interesting, but I found it very difficult. So It's like a brawler, oh, it's a right? challenging game. It is super yeah, challenging. It, I loved it's, it. But... It's a side-scrolling brawler, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Dragon's Crown came out, and I was like, oh, oh, this is that Odin Sphere people game. Maybe I'll try this. And just... Everything about the ultra horny artwork kind of put me off at the time. Even now, it kind of does because it is just. They really take that to an extreme degree in a way that it doesn't even look like sexy art to me. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. <laughs> and like that, that is not a judgment on anybody that likes that game. Because uh, in some ways, also, it turned into a thing. That whole game has a lot of baggage to it that is weird. Yeah. Because then they also, like, Vanillaware had that post they made when people were criticizing 
the sexualized artwork where there's like, oh, well, if you don't like the witch, here you go. And they did like some sexy dudes implying that like, if you don't like it, you're gay. I'm like, fuck off with that. Uh, and I don't know. I just kind of stayed away from that. Um, and yeah, this game came out and people were kind of starting to talk it up like it's something interesting. And I watched some footage of it and like immediately got hit with the portraits of the naked teens. Well, you don't you don't see any any uh, compromising bits, but you don't. But the girls are definitely posed in more pinupy yeah. positions than the boys are. This is a hundred percent true. Yes. Uh, it, yeah. The thing is, is like only thing preventing you from seeing anything more detailed is is the fucking like lighting of the portraits. You know, like yeah, it's. I should I another another thing to point out about the game in general too, because there's some adult characters who are yeah. Ultra sexified, Jesus Christ! That, uh, oh yeah, they oh, dumped Mura. all of their horny energy into Mori Mura. Yeah, like uh-huh. oh, cat, fucking cat suit. But the thing is, I shouldn't be able to walk away from a game and go, "Yep, the lead develop lead artist sure did, sure does love blondes." Yeah, I shouldn't yeah. be able to know that for like a certain. <laughs> yeah, it's it it. There is more sexualization in here than is warranted. There's. Like, again, some of those mech portraits are, like, borderline to the point of, like, I almost didn't buy it until you started recommending it. I'm like, okay, I know Melissa actually is pretty, has a pretty low, like, threshold of oh, patience yeah. for that kind of horse shit. So, if she's recommending it, then, I don't know, it's probably fine, actually. I, I, yeah, like, you have to push through it, unfortunately. The thing is, too, is, like, me experiencing this through Twitch chat... There's yeah. gonna be, there were gross people in chat, and I'm sitting yeah. going, guys, oh, sure. they're, they're teenagers, please. Yeah, they yeah. and you can't necessarily talk, and even though I'm sure you trust my opinions on video games, you also can't necessarily trust my tolerance level, because I've been beaten down by 10 years of You're anime, anime poisoned, podcasts. I've watched, you've made me watch too many bad animes for me to ever trust you. <laughs> To be fair... You've made me watch Testament of Sister New Yeah, Devil. but that was deliberately bad. It's not like I was saying, oh, you're gonna like this, it's so good. It's like, no, I, I picked that sure. out because it was horseshit. I mean, I know other people watch a ton of anime and stuff, too, and, and like, they, yeah. they, like, they, they say, yeah, I just, I just, here's how I, here's how I rationalize it, I know it's bad, but I, I really can't spend too much time thinking about it. Yeah, everyone has their own lines with that sort of thing. I can definitely see this game crossing some people's lines. I mean, um, I know I definitely had some arguments with people over, like, Valhalla, for example, one of the characters in there. Like... Uh-huh. Oh, uh, the cyberpunk bartending game, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I, oh, oh, I oh, okay. just yeah, I thought finished you were... playing Assassin's oh, Creed Valhalla. Dirt. I'm like, oh, right. You. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, what could she possibly be talking about? I'm like, <laughs> oh, right, there's another game before that. <laughs> The important thing to remember is that I I just don't play Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> yeah, that, right. yeah, that's that's why my mind immediately started thinking of other games that have Valhalla in the title because I'm like I know Melissa wouldn't have played Assassin's Creed. She just doesn't. Right. I would have I would have said something by now to you. <laughs> yeah, if I did, because you're playing it. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't recommend it. Uh, anyway. This isn't about AC Valhalla. Um, yeah, like the what's I will say in regards to the combat system is that even though I ended up getting kind of tired out by it, um, yeah, I like despite being skeptical on how the combat is like shown um, mm-hmm. via sort of an abstracted 
top like uh, top down command display like on a map um, and, and yeah. like all all the all the enemies and your allies are just represented by symbols basically or like uh, glowing dots on the map. Um, it looks like a PS2 game. Yeah, and I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way. And also like it's deliberate as well in the story. Yeah, <laughs> like, which is kind of. Cool. Oh, I guess that's true too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, the... they, they just God, they even justify why the teenagers are naked in the mechs. They do. They do. Uh, it... Doesn't excuse the pinup poses, but like, right? They did think of a lot of a lot of things. Yeah, for it that is. Presentation. It, it, yeah, it, it is. It is slightly more sensible than breathes through her skin. Uh, but also, like, yeah, they did not have to draw them like that. Um, right. But yeah, I I really actually ended up liking the look of the combat system a lot uh, and the aesthetics of yeah. it, even if I. It was actually kind of bored by the gameplay of it eventually. Sure, yeah. Like I said, it, the reason I said it looks like a PS2 game is because it feels like this is what a PS2 game would have had to look like to have this many enemies on screen. Oh, yeah. And have all the particle effects of them all blowing up at the same time when you use a super move. Yeah, and sometimes it does have that PS2 style slowdown. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, like, honestly, I appreciate of... because when it slows down due to a bunch of shit happening, it just feels badass. Yeah. Now, do you remember Geometry Wars? Yeah. It's got like a similar sort of vibe to that. Yeah. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um So how'd you how'd you feel about that last mission though? That is the only mission that I had to retry because I lost. <laughs> uh I think by that point was I playing on easy? No, I I'm trying to think if I had eventually switched down to easy. I think by then I did switch it down to easy, like for the last four yeah. missions just because i want to get through it um that's fair. like i probably could have done it just fine on normal but it would just take longer because everything would have more yeah. health but yeah. yeah i died once on it and part of that was because i thought the mission before that was the last mission so i used all my best guys and then they give me the true final mission and oh dang all my good characters have brain overload they can't uh fight Get the I've got nothing but like do like the uh, the punchy dudes, and I've got to fight. They're not good at area of attack stuff, so this ain't great. Oh yeah, like that. The thing is, that only matters if you want to go for a score chain. And like, I initially did try to play it like that, where I just you know went without resting as long as possible to keep the chain going. Then I realized right. like it doesn't matter that much. <laughs> and I just started resting, you know, pretty much after every single but battle. But don't you want the mystery files? Don't you want to know exactly how much money is in this random wallet that's somehow in the fucking lore <laughs> trees? Those mystery files pass, like, the first dozen or so that actually are kind of interesting, uh, just so pointless. The only mystery I... files that have rights are the food ones. The food ones are good. I got very grumpy immediately because... I'm like, oh, this mystery file thing is cool. I can kind of uncover the secrets of the story, like however I want, by spending these points. I'm curious about um the about this Muramura lady who looks like the nurse, but she's in a cat suit. Let me unlock her. Oh, all it says is she's a mysterious lady that we don't know anything about. Yeah. Well, yeah, the mystery files. <laughs> what are was the point of this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just they just record what you've already seen. I mean, the I guess a thing to point out too is the way they divide the game up. Like in the main menu, you literally have the combat mode with like a separate like separate mode select from like yeah. the, the you know the story stuff separate, and they also have the timeline like all the log entry stuff as a separate like, yeah, yeah. game mode. 
the timeline is actually useful. <laughs> oh, it's extremely useful. <laughs> it's yeah, especially near the end. One thing I loved about it, like as you're getting all the plot twists early on, I was like, it's really annoying that this timeline isn't actually in chronological order, and then eventually realizing, oh no, it absolutely is in chronological order. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, when you think like, oh, why isn't this going from 1940 to 1980, and then you're like, oh, because. <laughs> Why are all these 2188 scenes at the start before the 40 stuff? What's going on? <laughs> the absolute moxie of the devs to do that, by the way. Just yeah. openly going, nope, we're confident that you won't figure this out until it's time for you to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really clever. Um, which I guess, like, uh, probably time to start talking about, you know, the actual story and the characters. Sure. The characters, um, the most important part. There are 13 Sentinels, after all. It's true, yeah. Well, I, I, 13 I Sentinels, immediately knew I was going to like this game when it was called 13 Sentinels, and in like the first cutscene, you meet Sentinel number 14. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I... One thing that was surprising to me is that like with ensemble cast this big... Like, yeah. there's usually three or four characters I, I really like, and then the rest, you know, take them or leave them. I right. really liked almost every character uh, that you actually play as. Um, I like basically everybody. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. I'm kind of iffy on, um, on oh, oh gosh, what's her name? Uh, what, what did she do? Uh, she did the initial genocide. <laughs> Oh, you're talking... Oh, Ryoko? Yeah, Ryoko. Yeah, Shinonome. Shinonome-san, as they keep calling her. Yeah. I like Ryoko a lot. I didn't care about her at all until you start playing as her, and just, like, the fucking, like, hell that she's in, where she has, like, no memories and is just getting, like, mementoed around by everybody. I'm like, oh, this poor child. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Don't get me wrong. I have a lot of sympathy for her, but also I fucking hate her. That's fair. Well, I mean, the thing is that that wasn't her that did it. That was the original version of her. Yeah. Um. It, so it's the the original version of her. Um. Like, did the initial kaiju poisoning? Yeah. Um, right. But then, the the version we know, like, did the decode, did the D virus shit. Oh right, yeah. They spread the decode so through the sentinels. They both did of pretty Gita. heinous stuff. I, I think in a second case, like, it's still heinous, but the thing is, she didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, she's also a child being yeah. manipulated by an adult. Yeah, absolutely. No, like, uh, granted, she is also a victim, but I just still really did not like her. Also, yeah. we, we, get, we can start talking about, like, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I took one philosophy of mind class, and I'm still using it uh, decades later. Um, <laughs> well, a decade and a half later. Um so, I mean, the whole thing about, like, memory, though, is if, like, you know, you lose all your memories of who you were right. previously, aren't you a new person now? Like, we brought up yeah. Memento, and that's actually pretty, that's a pretty good reference to bring up. Yeah. Yeah, th- they don't explicitly reference Memento, but that feels like it's gotta be a touchstone for them, right? It has to be. Like, I that's mean, it, a... It's also something that Kingdom Hearts deals with a lot, too. <laughs> hey, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, your memories make up, like, who you are. You are defined by them. Right. Uh, it's something that, uh, particularly, like, Chain of Memories and Luke's favorite Kingdom Hearts game, Recoded, deal with directly. Oh, yeah. Uh... I'm just shrugging and saying Dream Drop Distance. I don't know. They, they got some wild titles. 
they do. Dream Drop Distance, one of my favorite games. Uh, oh wow! You what? I, We're not getting into this. Wait, 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 what? What system was it on? Was it on? That's the, 3DS? the 3DS. Oh, that's why yeah. it was called Dream Drop Distance. It's 3D. Right, because Kingdom Hearts 3D. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. This this uh, 13 Sentinels. Uh, you know, absolutely a core part of it is like uh, dealing uh, with memory and how that defines you and how yeah. uh you know growing up with different memories like can just turn you into almost a completely different person like right. there are three juros in this game and all three of them are different <laughs> i think there's technically four juros when you count the 2188 oh yes guy. you're you're correct there's also 2188 you don't Juro. see him very much but technically yeah you know. i think the only scene he shows up for is when he saves 28 2188 version of um, the girl he ends yeah. up smooching. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that's she's the only. I'm pretty sure she's the only character who doesn't really have an adult form that shows up in the story, unless I miss something. No, yeah, because yeah, like her 2188 really version, she's just a kid. Um, right. And then the only version we see of her are like both kid versions, the Loop Two and Loop Three versions. The the yeah, Loop Two think... gets murdered by Juro, I believe. Right. Right. I think Ida, uh, Juro, and Iori are the only ones we see from, like, previous loops, right? Uh, yeah. God, fucking Ida. <laughs> oh, you technically see, like, young Okino in a previous loop. Yeah, um, as well as a, a adult version of Okino, which... Yeah. Oh, and I guess, obviously, uh, uh, Tomi, because she's the AI. Oh, oh yeah. yes, yeah. One at, like the, you, this makes no sense to anybody but us, by the yeah, way. Yeah, like the thing is, the thing about doing a spoiler <laughs> cast on this is that like almost this will be almost incomprehensible to anyone who hasn't already played Thirteen Sentinels Ages. Right? Should we try to like go through the plot linearly? Uh, I guess we can give it a shot. We we gotta lay, lay out some groundwork for anybody to yeah, follow this so conversation. I, I feel think like. the best place to start, honestly, is where the game starts. Yeah, let's start with Juro. Let's start with that whole initial presentation of the game with Juro. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. an ordinary kid, daydreaming. You really love watching movies. You're going to go there with your friend. Was it Shu uh, Amaguchi? Yeah, a friend who absolutely exists. Yeah, Shu Amaguchi. Well, wanted... yeah, Shu Amaguchi is the friend who does exist, oh, right. and Q Toshiba is the one who doesn't. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going we're gonna to watch some movies. God. Yeah, because he loves B-movies. He loves sci-fi movies. He loves them so much he has dreams about Especially them. Especially the kaiju flicks. And he's like, holy shit, yeah. like, I had this dream last night. I was in it. Uh, the What's-her-face across, across the aisle over there? You know, Yori, like, she was in it. Like, man, those are some real vivid dreams I had. But uh, Yeah. Like, it, it's presented just like, hey, this is just kind of slice of life starting out with. Right. Yeah, and like eventually through throughout that day, like you do some normal stuff. You know, you try to rent a movie, but the the place you go to doesn't have it. Um, and then you and your friends are interrupted by a kaiju attack. Um, and I, I can't remember. Like, uh, I believe there's a voice in Juro's head um, that tells him to activate his sentinel. Um, right. And he, I think Juro's, I can't remember where Juro's mark is. I want to say his forehead. That sounds right. Um, I think it's his forehead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Juro, like, swipes his hand across his forehead uh, that reveals, like, this glowing digital mark. Um, yeah. 
and uh, he gets uh, turned into a ball of light and teleports into uh, his own giant mecha uh, called a sentinel. And that's where the combat tutorial begins, basically. Um, but then I, I, I'm trying to remember exactly how it pans out, because that's something that happens, but I think it's like intercut, because I don't think he actually gets into the mech at that point. I think he summons the mech, and then Shiba is like, Ooh, GZ, this is no good. Hey, I'm going to wipe your memory now, bro. Watch this video. Oh, right, yeah. And, like, the mech goes away. Oh, right, yeah, because I, I'm confusing the prologue with Juro's first section. <laughs> right, well, because it, it cross-cuts between all this stuff. Yeah. Like, you kind of can't tell this story in chronological order. Yeah. Oh, well, you can, but it's a very different thing. Yeah, so, basically, after playing through Juro's story, like more and more characters start unlocking and that's how you end up, you know, figuring out what's actually going on. So like the yeah. the basic plot st- structure is that back in 2188, um a huge population, like most of the po- like most of humanity is extinct uh because of a nanomachine virus. Um yes, that they that was unintentionally scandal- created by yeah. Morimura's um actions. Right, yes. She sold illegal technology on the black market. Right, so she wasn't trying to kill anybody, right? It just, that was a consequence of it? Because her project was being defunded, the arc they were making, and so she needed to make it somehow. And she made an AI of, um... Uh, uh, Ogata's ancestor. Yeah, Ogata's, uh... Nenji Ogata, yeah, his uh, original, who was, you know, he's the big corporate head honcho, or was the big corporate head honcho. So she made AI of him after he died, and he advised her, no, totally sell this shit in the black market. And she did, and it uh, got responsible for the, you know, mass extinction of humanity. Yeah, the nanomachines, like, evolve in a way that now they're simulating a virus that wipes out all of humankind. Yeah. yeah never clear out exactly what it does. It could be just, like, a gray goo virus or something. Who knows? Like, I'm so sorry. I'm getting Yeah, because I... Oh. I'll be right back. Okay. Are we going to clap again when it comes uh, back? Uh, no, uh, you don't need to pause your recording. Okay. It's already synced once. Um, I, I, I can say this off record then. Um, Christ, when, you, when, you, when you're talking about turning into a ball of light, before you said ball of light, I'm so internet poison, my mind went to a pickle. <laughs> Just right away. <laughs> because pickle, Juro. <laughs> Uh, I can't even make a better joke out of that. Nope. <laughs> Just giant pickle crushing the video store. I'm sorry about that. I'm back. Okay. Uh, let me see. Yeah, so th- there. I remember trying to go back to the timeline into mystery files to see if there was any more detailed information about what exactly happened to humanity because they're never yeah. really clear. As best as I can tell, they kind of imply that it's a similar situation as the the decode the DD forty six, right? Yeah, the yeah the, that stuff that basically like. Um, you know, gradually just 
deletes portions of your mind until you're kind of just a husk. Right. Um, but that's never really confirmed that that's the same thing that happens to, uh, you know, humanity initially. I feel like the fact that they don't say it explicitly, though, like, that's the only conclusion you can really draw. Yeah. Um, like, they talk about a nanomachine virus, and also there's a nanomachine virus that kills yeah, you. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, they're trying to uh, basically create uh, a way to preserve humanity, um, and the solution they come up with is they will um, basically create these self-replicating probes um, that will basically, uh, you know, as they replicate, they will spread out across the galaxy to try and find habitable habitable planets. And once a probe finds a, a suitable planet, um, it will then, like, uh, basically create bodies for the um, mines it has in data storage so that those yeah. bodies can, you know, wake up and start building the infrastructure... Uh, and, you know, further populating the uh, planet so humanity can basically come back from almost scratch. Now, I'm unclear, because yeah. I thought that, like, there were only 13 people it actually had, like, direct genetic code for. Uh, I think that's accurate. Uh, well, they have 15 people, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but... Because it's the 13 playable characters plus Okino and, um, fuck, who else? Um, they say 15 so many times yeah I, I can't remember who the other ones are um but uh yeah I think they only have like direct DNA for those people but they uh they do end up saying at the end of you know the game that uh they they can create they can slowly create bodies for the AI that are meant to like populate the simulated towns so that way they right. can bring their AI buddies um into the world as well and, and you know start populating yeah the oh world it's um way. it's a uh, professor tamau is the 15th oh, okay. oh that's right yeah yes um uh yeah Which the... leads to the lovely end of the game thing where you induce professor tamau to professor tamau <laughs> it's so weird Yep. Uh, at that point, you're so sketch about the hookups in that game. You're like, are they, are they a couple now? I don't know who's a couple anymore. <laughs> like, right. God, yeah. Uh, so one one interesting thing about the 2188 section before we uh, sort of continue um, the storyline is that, and and given VanillaWare's previous works, uh, uh, particularly like what Luke was talking about with Dragon's Crown. I was not expecting the explicit gay relationship between Okino uh, and, oh gosh, who Hijiyama. was it? Yeah, Hijiyama. Hijiyama. Um, yes, the, the 2188 versions of them are in a romantic relationship, and it's not, like, played as a joke. Yeah, and it's also not, like, implied or anything. They just straight up say that they are in love. Yeah. Yeah, they say, I love you, as they, like, die. Yeah. Um... And like we'll we'll sort of like get into this later, but I I was yeah. pleasantly surprised by uh, how Okino and Hijiyama get treated throughout the game. I I like it. 
a lot and I, you know to the point where i'm like checking the wiki i'm like am i sure this is an atlas game <laughs> yeah i felt very mixed about it but i i'm also a straight cis person and i'm like i oh, it's got flaws this, this feels iffy to me but in a way that it feels like it's not my place to really judge it, it got scott flaws but it, it's messy in a way that i can appreciate is the thing sure it, uh, it it's messy in a way that like it seemed like they actually cared <laughs> Like sure, uh, there was an effort made uh, to not make it be a joke and make it be like a uh, a legitimate um, be portrayed as a legitimate relationship I, as opposed whole... to just like a, a, a gay panic goof like the Persona games always do. Well, Hijiaba's arc is oh god I'm gay to oh god I'm the bottom. Yeah, uh huh, exactly. <laughs> I do feel like ugh, part of what would have made me like it better is if he had stopped, like, Hiji- is probably my least favorite of the kids, because he's got two things that he does. He talks about Yakisobapan, and he uh, internally panics about the fact that he likes Okino. If, like, halfway through his story, he'd just gotten over it and, like, yeah, no, I've got a crush on this dude, and just moved on with it, like, I would have liked it a lot more, but he's, like... Like, what? No, I'm not attracted to guys, like, right through the credits in a way that I'm like, come on, I get yeah, it, let's I go. Yeah, they never that. resolve it for him, and that's unfortunate. Yeah, like, for for most of, like, the... For most of, like, the the main portion of the game, like, before you get to the time skip, um, it, it can it kind of makes sense because he's from the 1940s. <laughs> like, Sure, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, no, absolutely post-time skip, he should, he should still not be having this internal conflict. <laughs> Yeah. Uh Yeah, like at that point you should be a little bit more in handle of it. I mean, I I could buy Okino just like flustering him. Right, sure. But it it wasn't it wasn't merely that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. At least it, this is definitely better than the Persona games are with this kind of stuff. They they could have done a lot worse. It just felt like, yeah, it's and again, I'm not the person to be shitting on it, but like it felt a little off to me still. I I, th- I think the thing is, is the mistake wasn't them, like, I think Mr. Zeppany misrepresenting a queer relationship. I think the mistake was mm. just simply just a standard writing mistake. Sure. Yeah, like, they didn't they didn't follow through on doing this story all the way through. Like, yeah. It, could... it, it's, it's an error I can accept. It's an error I could have made. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, every, everything about the plan is mostly going swimmingly. Uh, but then, uh, because Ida, uh, Ida, one of the, I can't remember what Ida's role is in 2188. He's like some computer scientist, I think. Uh, that sounds right. You don't really hear much about him, uh, in the 2188 timeline. Like, the only, you never see him, and he's only referenced by that one Ryoko video about how he, like, tricked her. Yeah, basically, mostly what you initially know about, uh, 2188 Ida is that he was a really shitty dude, uh, specifically to Ryoko, uh, Shinonome. Right. Um, which causes the 2188 version of Shinonome to just sort of despair and give up, um, on the idea of humanity, and she tries to deliberately, uh, sabotage the program by... But sabotaged it in the most existentially awful way. She could have just, like, blowed it up or something, yeah, but no. what she ends up doing is, like, <laughs> the... Basically, the way that they are developing, um, like, their versions of themselves, so that way they'll be ready to, um, populate 
the Earth, at, populate the new Earth as soon as they get to it, is by putting them in a simulation where they will live out their lives and, like, learn the necessary skills and develop relationships that they need. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, that's fine, cool, decent idea. Uh, Shinonobe injects code into that simulation uh, so that... Um, the the different time period simulations will uh, eventually become constantly under attack uh, by uh, quote unquote kaiju, um, right? And uh, she uses the blueprints, um, presumably that are stored in in the replication you know database uh, of the you know construction equipment they're going to need once they're on the planet, right, the terraforming uh, machines as as her base for the kaiju. Um, and this causes the simulations to uh, basically have to, re you know, as the simulations fail because of the kaiju attacks that they're not prepared for, um, the simulations have to basically uh, wipe everything and start from scratch with a different loop. Um, right. And, but the kaiju code is still there, so the simulation just <clears throat> constantly gets attacked and constantly has to loop. Uh, right, and the reason that's even possible is because the 2188 Okino is a shitty programmer who, instead of building this, like, simulation from the ground up, it's just a really fancy mod for a kaiju game. He took, like, Space Defense Force 2188 <laughs> and just turned it into the Matrix. But the weather effects, they're really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okino's like, look, I introduced ray tracing. <laughs> 120 frames a second, come on. You know, you, you you stick some like shaders on this thing. It'll look it'll look real good. It's like the most yeah. ambitious Skyrim mod ever. Yeah, which I will say one thing about uh, where the game ends up going is that when it they started to figure out that the kaiju they were fighting were terraforming machines, I was thinking something a lot wilder than where it ends up going. I thought it was something where like. Oh fuck! They're being like colonized and terraformed from another timeline version of themselves or oh. something. <laughs> no, <laughs> like their city's getting wiped out so that like themselves from a parallel universe can build their own city on top of a mirror universe where everyone has mustaches. Right. <laughs> so this protocol, by the way, it doesn't happen until their arc finds a planet. Right. And not only finds a planet, but also duplicates itself into another arc, which goes and looks for another planet. Yes. So, the situation with the kaiju, with the decode, all this stuff, it um, gets copied over and over again. Yeah, so right. it's basically just every replication that gets made post-finding a planet, you know, happens to every other iteration. Um, which is in an incredibly shitty thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Um... So that's that's kind of like the end of the 2188 stuff, at least for what's important to know. Uh, I, I think the next thing that happens is like the first loop that we actually see. Well, no, there's one other thing to the 2188 thing, because the scientists think like, okay, we don't know exactly when it was in the timeline that humanity really like was doomed be all, beyond all help. So we're going to create five different zones in the simulation, each one modeled after a different era, so that if one of them is already, like, predestined to ruin everything, an earlier era can maybe correct. Oh, I forgot that's why they did different eras. <laughs> yeah, it's because they say it, like, once. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's 
I, I actually forgot that. Yeah, they didn't really mention yeah. that uh, too. And the uh, errors they pick are the middle of World War Two. Yeah. The 1980s, like the 2020s, and what, the 2060s, and then the 2100s. Yeah, they're, they're, all, for, they're all exactly 40 years apart. Yeah. I'm just saying, if I'm looking at a timeline, and I can pick any point in time to let people live... I might not pick not World War II. Japan World War Two briefly before they get bombed. Yeah, not not the greatest. Decision. Well, they have to deal with air raids every day. Uh, yeah, seems like a really bad idea. I but I guess it's the fucking that's the fault of uh, the twenty one eighty eight A because he's like, oh, I'd always want to live in World War Two. It's a cool time. I also want to point out that nineteen eighty happens right before the big like fucking market crash in Japan. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. So maybe maybe they deliberately did that. It's like okay, which of these pre-disaster eras is the one that is like the the final right? Like the disaster that broke the camel's back. Maybe that's what yeah. they were going for. Do you think that if the time zones hadn't interfered with each other and the decode stuff hadn't happened, was the idea that like maybe if we just wind up this 1940 timeline and let it go, they'll win World War II this time, and that'll fix all the problems. I mean, the whole thing is a training program, though. Right. Like, I don't, like, yeah. yeah. So, like, they don't, they wouldn't go that far in the timeline. Yeah. Maybe they would. That's true, yeah. Maybe just, those people, turn, like, if, it, if that yeah. just ends up going out well, like, maybe those people just become, like, your security forces? I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, th- that that is one thing that is very weird about the game, um, in that like uh, like the different characters are divided between uh, different eras. Like uh, I think Iori and Juro are initially from the twenty sixty eight timeline. I think that's right. Yeah, or the twenty twenty sixty eight sector, I should say. But then after that yeah, gets yeah. destroyed by. Uh, kaiju, they they have to like reinstate themselves into the 1980s section, right? Um, similar for Megumi, I think Megumi is from the she's from 20, the 2020s section. Yeah, her her and Tomi are from 2025, 2025, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think how best to continue with this story from. I guess, like, starting at, like, we don't really get a whole lot from Loop 1. Um, the important yeah. things is that we see uh, A, um, Iori, and Juro discovering the Uf- the quote-unquote UFO um, right before everything just fails and another loop begins. Um, right. And A, uh, A, like, A, this A ends up dying in the loop. Uh, so his memory gets wiped. Um, but he's able to send uh, Juro and Iori to Sector Zero. So their consciousnesses are preserved, and they can then re-enter the world as their own beings in Loop Loop 2. But they're like AIs that are projected by the computer simulation. Yeah, as are... They, they don't have human bodies Yeah, anymore. as is everyone in the simulation except for the... Uh, 14 main characters. Right. Um, yeah, then Loop 2 happens. Uh, for some reason, like, the, the kaiju keep attacking, everything starts failing again. Um, I believe this is where uh, 
Shinonome gets tricked by Ida into yeah. uh, infecting uh, Aiseki Gahara's mecha with the decode. I think that's right. Um, and then... Yeah, can... Go ahead. No, wait, I, I think that's actually this loop, is the thing. Because that's the same um, Aiseki Gahara we see. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that, that's the Oh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's loop three? Yeah. Now, or wait, no, that because... That can't be right, though. Isn't BJ loop two, Seki Gahara? No, BJ, BJ is my... loop two, uh, uh, the World War II guy, uh, Mir- yeah. Mira. That, so BJ... Mira, I'm sorry, yeah, I got their names mixed okay, up. Okay, right, so right. Well, let's, um, let's uh, back up to... Uh... <laughs> this is so confusing. Yeah, that's the thing, is like we're all comparing notes here. This is good. No, uh, <laughs> yeah. see, Ida, let me go fucking... Yeah, because here's because here's the thing. It can't be Loop One because Juro is in a mech at that point, and he never gets into a mech in Loop One. Um, okay, so the important thing to remember is that uh, Tetsuya Ida is there. Yes. Now, right. Um, so it has to be either it has to be like either Loop One or Loop Two, and I'm pretty sure it's Loop Two. Uh, I, so uh, there are only three Ida... loops, right? Yeah, but Tetsuya Ida's there as an adult in that scene, so I think that's the Loop 2 Ida fucking with the Loop 3 Ryoko. Yes. That's that's what, that's what I'm saying, is that Ida, because Ida is um, the same uh, person as... Um... Oh, you're right, yeah, yeah. Because what I'm forgetting is that there is a major kaiju battle that happens in Loop 3 where they're all team members, right. and then that because of the decode and a bunch of shit failing, they get scat- a bunch of them get scattered back to different time periods and lose their memories of what happened. Right, like, that's what happened. That's why Juro is like how he okay, is. Okay, right, yes, three. you're, you're yeah. right. That was during Loop 3. Uh, right, because on top of, like, like, time loops and multiple selves that aren't really time loops, there's also, like, memory shit happening where, like, everybody has amnesia about everybody yeah, else. Uh-huh. Okay, so the 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 thing that, like, really kills Loop 2 is, at, like, Juro gets it in, like, Juro and Iori are, from Loop 1, um, are trying to stop things before they get bad in Loop 2, and Juro gets it into his head that in order to, like, stop the kaiju, he has to kill whoever has the decode. Right, because, like, one of them has the control key that's, like, calling the kaiju. Yeah, so he just, like, slaughters, he just, like, straight-up murders a bunch of the kids from Loop 2. Right. It blows them up in a, when they're escaping in a mech, I believe. Uh, he, he also, like, just straight-up shoots some of them right in the face. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, too, yeah, it, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. yeah, just some just some child murder. Yeah, and, and that's what makes Loop Loop One Iori like who initially like love at first sight with this guy, you know, you know, uh, BFFs to the end. Like she breaks up with him because of because like you know child murderer. Uh, they have a fundamental disagreement about how to handle the kaiju menace. Right, but then yeah, they so she kills him, but Ida decides to upload his dying consciousness to a computer so that he can interrogate him and torture him for information. Yeah, because Ida is maybe the most fucked up garbage person in this entire game. Ida sucks real bad. <laughs> like, he is... 
He does so many. I, it like, kind of sucks that he gets a happy ending. Yes, yeah, it, it 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 it's the it's the one like it's the biggest complaint I have about the ending is that Ida, this garbage man who has done nothing good ever in his life. I mean, for me, it's more like whatever. It's eternity, and the, no, sure, like he's been dealt with. Is the thing? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, like he lost. True. Uh. But yeah, fuck him. But he lost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you're not wrong. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. Juro, Loop One Juro's consci- consciousness gets preserved, um, so Ida could do interrogation on him. Uh, right, she- and that's their downfall because then he does a bunch of uh, android switcheroos to take over. Because Ida's big thing is that he was in love with that Loop's version of Tomi. And who died during the kaiju attacks, but he also preserved her mind and uploaded her into a version of her teen self. Which is profoundly into like a disturbing. robot teen self. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that uh-huh. was like a moment of like, okay, dude, did you really did you really think this through? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, it, like I think one of the most disturbing scenes in the game is like when Ida initially tests out like whether he preserved her memories correctly and like he activates her into the um just test a- uh, android skeleton and she's asking right. him like hey where am i what's going on like i can't i can't feel my body like i'm supposed to and he's like don't worry about it it's fine everything's gonna be okay i'm gonna turn down your emotions so that this doesn't freak you out so bad incredibly fucked up uh and the game yeah. knows it is <laughs> like, oh yeah for sure uh it's it, it's but it is one of the most affecting it is one of the most effective scenes at like displaying like how like how disconnected Ida has become from the reality of the situation where he is b- because he does not treat these people these beings as real because they're just programs to him like he'll just do right. things that uh are just ethically bankrupt yeah yeah yeah. i mean that's what ultimately destroys him in the end or at least one of his uh side pl- side plots or side plans right. yeah is uh, is is when he finally gets informed no dude you're also <laughs> yeah <laughs> just a projection you're also just ai now <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, because, yeah, Juro it, wakes up at some point in an android body to be tortured for information. He's like, oh, geez, you have rebooted me a lot. And he sees the robot Tomi. He's like, oh, how many times have you rebooted her? And just immediately, like, pretty sure the answer is zero, but, like, she knows full well that she has no way of knowing if that's true or not. It, the, the whole. That scene is really effective, too, because, okay, here we have uh, Juro, fucking child murderer, and you're yeah. rooting for him over Ida. Yeah, like, he's yeah. the good guy in the situation. <laughs> like, granted, <laughs> you in no circumstances have to hand no, it to him. definitely not. <laughs> Again, child murderer. But at least, like, when he was murdering children, he thought it was to save millions of people, you know? Yeah, and he's sitting there just like, It oh, wasn't wow. because he wants to revive his teen crush. And Jarrah said, like, wow, dude, I thought I was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, like, event, like, Juro is basically able to ma- manipulate Ida uh, and steal the the body that Ida had created for Tomi. Yes. Uh, and 
And then I forget how, but that Tomy AI somehow gets into, like, the satellite that's overlooking the planet that this is all happening on. Yeah, so she's in a robot, she's in a robot skeleton. I, I, I also can't remember how she got uploaded. Yeah. Me either. Uh, how did that happen? <laughs> I, think, I think it was one of those little desperation scenes that happened, because there's a lot going on, I think, by the time they really tell you what's going on there. So oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. got buried real fast. Yeah, so like this, this is how like uh, Loop One Juro preserves himself to keep going to Loop Three and continue to try and enact his his plan. Um, He keeps possessing android anime girls. Yeah, and also projecting himself as a cat. (laughs) That too, yeah. Yes. Fuck Fluffy, by the way. Go to hell, Fluffy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he convinces Megumi that she's Sailor Moon. Yeah, but like. Sailor Moon with a gun. gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now you have to shoot people right ahead. No, I won't. No, I won't tell you this gun's actually just shoots fucking nano machines into them. No, instead I'm going to tell you it's a magic gun that seals the evil inside of them. Uh, yeah. So, I actually like. I will say I liked the reveal that Fluffy and Shiba and Jiro are the same person, uh, and like. Oh shit, yeah, Fluffy only ever talks when Jiro is around. Yeah, huh. yeah, I did really think that was clever cuz you're thinking like they're all like different people uh like yeah. working at cross purposes, but no, they're all Loop 1 Jiro. <laughs> Just like And the voice actor does a really ways. good job like slipping from the Fluffy voice to the Shiba voice. I'm like, "Oh fuck, that's the same oh, wait, voice." That was God the same damn. voice actor? Yeah. Oh, nice. He's just he's just pitching his voice a little lower for the cat. Oh, I never caught that. That's that's really fucking cool. It's good, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, I also like th- this is sort of like Megumi's big uh, plot line as well, where uh, but unbeknownst to her, what she's actually doing is injecting the the code uh, into all the people she shoots so that they can actually pilot the Sentinels. Um, right. Because I think Fluffy's whole thing is that Juro eventually realized that just killing a bunch of children is not gonna generate the future he's hoping for so he's trying something well i think joe also learns about like does he find out that they're in the matrix he he figures out what the simulation is yeah didn't they actually blow up a building first too and like that was loop two (laughs) yeah loop two before they figured it out i think so i can't yeah that's before they figured out they weren't actually time traveling yeah, because him and I think Shihiro. the Loop 2 Tomy in the satellite oh. hatch a plan together to wake everybody up from the Matrix. And that's what oh, yeah. he's doing. Because he also talks about he the nanomachines he's injecting them with through Megumi is hacking the simulation so that it will be more like a video game so that they can win it. That's why you can earn meta chips from points in the combat portion. Yeah, he's like, like, fuck it, it's already halfway a video game. Let's, let's commit to the rest of it. Yeah, like, it's a video game at its core. Let's just unlock more of the video game functions. Yeah, because the reason why the kaiju always win is because the the kaiju get better, but, like, the sentinels are just stuck with their uh, their basic, like, moves. And so o- Okino, like, kind of cheats by introducing additional code into the game so you can actually upgrade the sentinels, which is what you do throughout you know, the combat sequences. Uh, which is kind yeah. of a really, like, neat way of uh, fusing the gameplay with the story and you're like oh man yeah if i was just stuck with the moves i had for that prologue like combat tutorial like that would real really really suck like there's no way i could win yeah yeah no i definitely need the um 
Natsuno's super move where she just makes the entire world missiles. <laughs> God, that one's so good. The, the mega missile. It's yeah, so good. Whatever it's called. Uh, but yeah, um, trying to think here uh, about the structure of this. Uh, <sighs> yeah, so like basically now, Juro, like the, the meta plot is that Juro and uh, Chihiro Morimura, which is like Loop 1 Iori, um, are now right. working at cross purposes where uh, Okino and working with uh, Loop 1 Juro want the uh, Sentinels to fight to try and break out of the uh, cycle that the Kaiju have put them in. Whereas Chihiro's like idea is that no, like we're going to fail. The only way to get something out of this is to... Um, activate operation aegis right which will stop time in the simulation and just let them live out their lives and whatever's left of the world after the kaiju are like repelled yeah but and like it it's not a victory really but at least it will you know let them survive and try to build something of their lives before they die Yeah, but also it means that like because the simu- because the simulation can't succeed, it also means that like they will never like come out into the real world and you know enact the uh, right the, the initial plan. Um, meanwhile, Ida uh, Ida is working at another cross purpose where he just he wants the kaiju plan to succeed, uh, so that way um, it, it'll cause uh, it'll cause every everyone to like uh, it. He wants to loop again so that he can be with Tommy. Yeah, Tomy. he wants to loop again to be with Tommy, but what he doesn't realize is that, like, this is the last loop, basically. Because um, if this loops yeah. again, uh, what normally happens is that, uh, you know, people get drawn into Sector Zero to preserve them so that that way, when there's another loop, whoever is in Sector Zero gets to keep their memories after everything else gets wiped. Uh, but I believe... If this, if loop three fails, sector zero will also fail and everything will get wiped. Well, so I think it's, I think the loops will continue, but they can't preserve themselves, which means they can't pass information forward, which means they're doomed to lose over and over. Yeah, forever. yeah, they're doomed to making the exact same mistakes because sector zero will no longer be functional. I also want right. to point out that they have three lives. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, that was one thing I can be like, wait, why Why is this the last loop? They're not explaining that part very well. This seems kind of arbitrary. So, fuck off for, god damn it, that's why. <laughs> yep, Shit. 100%. <laughs> fuck. Uh, it's references it's all game. the way down. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, it ends up being that um, uh, uh, Loop 1 Juro's plan, along with Okino, is, is really the only viable option like if if anyone truly wants to succeed uh and so the, the trick is the trick is to like get everybody on board with the plan who has sentinels while also trying to evade the influence of uh Morimura and Ida who are actively trying to work against it uh because they they both still think that Juro uh is is up to his child murdering ways right um yes 
Which, to be fair, the shit he does in the android doesn't do a whole lot to convince them other way, otherwise. That is true. Yeah, there are some pretty <laughs> great scenes, like Terminator-ass stuff, like half your skin being stripped away. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I'm almost thinking, like, at this point, because that's all, like, the groundwork for the story. Should we just, like, run through what each character gets up to in their plot yeah, line? Yeah, I, I think that's probably a, a good idea. Um... Alright, on this list, it's got Chihiro and Iori at the top. Do we want to start yeah, with them? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, Chihiro doesn't get her, like, own, um, like, choosable storyline, but she does show up a lot. No. Um, she... Well, and also she's Iori. Oh, yeah, you know, also, she gets kinda... fucking killed. Yeah, that's yes. true. Yeah, she gets murdered. She gets killed by herself. Yeah, so... Um, her yeah, her, her elementary note... school self. Side note, yeah. the original Chihiro Morimura, who was like the project lead of project of the whole ARC project, uh, uploaded her yeah. original intelligence into the uh, Matrix, we'll, we'll just call it for now. Um, and right. uh, she managed to get herself uploaded into a child version of herself. Yes. Yeah. And she's just around doing other nefarious things. What does she even want? I don't... Oh, right. Her whole thing is that... She wants to be, like, the god queen of the new human race. Yeah, and, like, she was initially going to try and implant herself into Iori, um, yes. but, the, but, like, the specific memory thing she was doing didn't take like they were supposed to. Right, but also Morimura had, like, a clone backup of herself that this Morimura took over or something? Yeah. It gets complicated. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's like, the little child that... Uh, 13 Sentinels, yes. it gets complicated. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Who then gets dropped off in the 1940 era as uh, Miura's sister. Yeah. And just lives as his sister for a while until she gets implanted with the original Morimura memories and then is just like a super intelligent little child scientist. She's a baby yeah. genius. I mean, if, you ever, if, if, if any of you have seen Dune, it's, it's basically uh, Paul's little sister. Yeah, sure. a shithead baby genius who has to be taught empathy by the character possibly, like, least, least, uh... uh the least empathetic man in yeah, the world. Yeah, like, I like Goto, but also, like, he's not you, someone you, you want to get emotional lessons from. Fear of Goto just, yeah. just one moment, just like, Jesus Christ, why me? Yeah. The best thing with Goto and Lil Morimura is a moment when he's like, I can tell that if you were an adult, you would have a good enough poker face that I wouldn't be rattling you, but you're a baby, so you keep... You're almost crying because I'm catching you in your act. <laughs> you got a baby brain. <laughs> yeah. You don't have, like, enough emotional intelligence to be able to avoid, like, giving away that I'm right. Uh, yeah, honestly, like, we're kind of going all over the place, but my favorite thing about yeah. Goto's storyline that unlocks, like, almost right at the end, um, because... It's only until then that you have enough context to appreciate what's happening. Um, throughout, like, Goto shows up a lot, and you're always like, who is this fucking shithead again? Uh, but then in Goto's storyline, it's like, hell yeah. It, it's almost like a fuck him up Socrates situation. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's some real Phoenix Wright shit of, like, hold on a second, whips out his notebook. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how many notes do you keep in there? All of them. Oh, I have the whole script for the game in here. <laughs> I'll write down everything I hear. It's great. Uh, but yeah, Chihiro is, is like, masquerading as the school nurse trying to, like, uh, subtly enact Project Aegis by um, preserving or, like, dulling memories uh, as a. I think she's also trying to implant herself into Iori, but then decides not to. Like, she's like, ah, that's fucked up of me. I better not. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, she she eventually abandons that plan. Um, and I think she's trying. I think she's trying to keep Shinonome from, uh, uh, like fully losing her memories. Because Shinonome is also yeah, but because with... she's losing so many of her memories from Shinonome's perspective, it seems like Morimura is doing something more nefarious yeah, to her. Because she doesn't realize that the reason why her memories are fucked up is because of the virus, uh, the DD one four six. Um, two four uh, four, four two, two six. six. Okay, I keep forgetting the numbers. Uh, <laughs> it's because it doesn't. But matter. yeah, like Morimura <laughs> is, is sort of like a a morally ambiguous figure. Um. And that, like, mm. sometimes she is, like, trying to actually help the character. Sometimes she's she's not uh, because, like, she has a specific thing she wants to do. She does technically, like, her goal in her mind is to help everybody. Yeah. It's just, it's a very, like, um, panic button kind of move that is going to have a lot of bad ramifications. Yeah, like, her, like, you you, you at least understand how she came to the conclusion she, she did because... It, yeah. She, like her motives are a hell of a lot like more righteous than Ida's are, uh, right? Because she actually because she actually treats these characters like like their own separate beings and wants them to like at least live out their lives in peace. Uh, yeah, which is a lot more than you can say for Ida. Uh, but yeah, um, she's kind of just in the background meddling with shit. Uh, whereas Iori is uh, the, her third loop self um, with her own distinct memories. Uh, and man, I actually like Iori's storyline quite a lot. Um, Iori, I'd love her. I she's one of yeah, my favorite absolutely, characters. De- definitely one of my favorites as well. Um, she, she's just nice. She's just, yeah. yeah, she's just a really <laughs> nice person. <laughs> I love her. I love her with her friends with Tomi and. I love Miwako. Justice for yes. Miwako, she gets the short shrift at the end of this game. Yeah, so Miwako is their uh, friend who doesn't have an actual body. She's an AI projection, but she's just the best. Right. But she doesn't know yeah, that. Yeah, like, she is just here to, like, hang out with her friends, eat good food. Just She just wants to vibe. Uh, she is the closest thing to an overweight character that anime is allowed to have. Yeah, yeah it was without just being like King Hippo from Punch Out. <laughs> it was noticeable, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Like she's noticeably thicker than all the other high school girls, and it's not like oh, she's just the dumb fat character. Her thing is that she just loves boys. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she she she's has a, a huge crush dippy. on Goto. <laughs> like she likes to do, like she has a crush on every boy, but especially Goto. It's yeah. great. <laughs> like, uh, like her whole thing though, she's yeah, a little, little bit of airhead. Likes her like fortune telling stuff. Like, just, I don't know. I, yeah, she's hard. I, I can't imagine anyone not liking her. No, she's yeah, delightful. she's just, she's just a very nice person. Um, and I'm very glad that, uh, like during the epilogue sequence, they specifically say like, oh, we're gonna get Miwa out as soon as we can into her own like flesh body, so we can keep being friends yeah. with her. I'm a little bummed that she just like doesn't get much to do in the yeah. last act, but yeah, at least it, at least the epilogue centers on her and like everybody is happy to see her again. It's funny too because like they're, they're all happy to see her and and the way they're talking, she's like, "Wait, you two got boyfriends before me?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Don't think about that, Miwa. Today's about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, like, uh, Iori's storyline is full of, like, really great, um, character interactions between her and, and her friends. Um, I, 
I like how they... Also, she has a crush on Seki Gahara. Yeah, the cool, mysterious boy with the motorcycle. <laughs> right. Uh, because Iori... Iori's head is just a J-drama playing over and over. Yes. <laughs> Seki Gahara, what? She's into me, huh? Okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because he's on a mission to murder her older self at the same time. Yeah, which... You know, like, some people some people say girls and sigh, uh... In a case of I, he says girls, question mark. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, sure, I guess. Uh, come join me while I murder your adult self. Um, yeah. Come get in my, my, on my super cool future motorcycle. Yeah, that has voice commands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's like, come on, dude. Like, I don't know. If a boy picked me up with his talking motorcycle, I, yeah, sure, I'd hop on. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if this game wasn't locked at like that 180 degree perspective, they definitely would have had him do the Akira slide on that bike. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I also, I also think Iori's uh, Sentinel sum- summoning is like the most effective one for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh yeah, she has that great moment where like. Yeah, she's got her sentinel, the kaiju are attacking, and she just goes, I'm gonna protect everyone. I may be just a schoolgirl, but I'm a schoolgirl with a giant it's robot! Like, Hell yeah, it's you great! Are. <laughs> I think he has the second best sentinel summoning line. Yeah? Who, who, who do you put above her? Um, Ogata. Oh, I can't remember what Ogata What's his? Well, 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 he had a really raw line, hold on. <laughs> well, you look that up, we can... Yeah. Hold on. Uh, I might have to I might have to find a YouTube video, but yeah, uh, Iori Iori's uh, storyline is great, um, and it interacts with a lot of uh, a lot of others, much like uh, Juro's does. So those two like are kind of your introduction to a lot of the um, main yeah. cast. Um, which I think uh, speaking of Juro, uh, well, we already covered Megumi. Um, I was honestly surprised by how much I like Megumi's storyline. I like Megumi's storyline, but also Megumi is part of the big problem I have with the ending, but we'll get to that later. Okay, I, I think I think we're going to have a fundamental disagreement about that, because um, I thought I, I, I did end up like really liking how uh, that ended. I thought it was very sweet. Um, Megumi gets her life saved by Jiro Izumi in the future, and gets like sent to 1985, and... Uh, because of the decode, Juro gets his brain all fucked up, and uh, he gets implanted with a new personality of Juro Karabe. Yeah, and doesn't remember that and they she's used in to be love with love. him. Were they in love, or was she in love with him? I think they were in love. It is implied that they were okay. in love before the mind wipe, ha- okay. mind wipe happened. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I don't remember for sure. So I will defer to you two. Yeah, we just we just um, don't get a whole lot of their actual relationship. Like we get the meet meet cute where he saves her in the in in the Sentinel. Uh, okay, right. hold on, I got the line. Okay, okay, yeah. I yeah. don't give a shit about limits. I love you, and that's why I gotta break him. And then he fucking gets in the Sentinel. That is a <laughs> that good is line. a good line. <laughs> that is up there. Oh, uh, God is a good character as well. <laughs> yeah, I like Ogata. Um But yeah, so like now Megumi like. Uh, I think Megumi deliberately, like... Because initially Megumi was in a different timeline, but then I think she deliberately goes into 1980 to be with... Yeah, her and Tomi both are from the 2020s, and they get brought to the 80s as, like, refugees, basically. Yeah. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, like, Megumi, you know, wants to be with Juro again, but, like, he... His memories are, like, totally different. Um, and it would be, like, super awkward. <laughs> um, right. But, like, she... Like, she gets, uh... Uh, manipulated by Loop One Juro as a talking cat. Like, uh, into yes. going through, like, the, the shoot them with a magic gun plan. Uh, and in return, like, he will give, uh, Juro his original memories back. Uh, which is what, like, all the tapes are for that, uh, Shu, who does not exist. <laughs> uh, he doesn't specify right. which Juro. That's the important thing to note. Yeah. Uh, but then she finds out that he's double-crossing her because he's giving him the memories of original Juro, him, and Juro not Zumi. the, the yeah. pre-decode Juro that she wants. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's uh I can't I can't remember what the exact resolution to uh Megumi's plotline was. Like it's like Juro it, it, does reveal that he like has some hazy memories of his original persona and he kind of has he like has fallen in love with her and is going to like fight with her and she's like, "Oh hell yeah, but you're not going to No, you're not going to protect me. We're going to protect each other. Yeah. Let's go." Okay, yes, you're right. I I really like that part. It's like, no. Yeah, it's a good resolution the, yeah. for her. Um, my, okay. One of my big problems with this game is that I don't like their romance at all. <laughs> See, I, I do. <laughs> I, because she doesn't really care about Jiro Karabe. She cares about Izumi, who is, like, basically dead. And Karabe has no reason to fall in love with her. He, she's just a creepy stalker who's moved into his house without his permission. Apparently, in the original version, or well, not original, one original uh, script to this, I was reading, like you actually uh -huh. had a choice of uh, who he'd get, Jiro would get with. I think. I can see that because there's a lot of like maybe he'll get with Theori. Yeah, but they ultimately scrapped yeah. that. I mean, I honestly I like. Even though I personally like Iori a lot, it would be weird for Juro to get with Iori because they have like even less interaction <laughs> in the story. That like, is true. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and Iori kind of only has eyes for Asa Gihara. Like I I honestly right. can't think of another person that Juro interacts with more. I mean that like that might have been why they scrapped it because of how the plot went. Yeah, because yeah. like, imagine putting this I whole just feel story like together. They... Yeah. He spends all of his time annoyed and anxious around her, and, like, I don't... Then all of a sudden a switch flips, he goes, actually, I'm in love with you. What the fuck are you talking about? What? I don't know, she made him a lot of hamburger. She did make him a lot of hamburger, I agree. <laughs> I accept this fact into evidence. Uh, so, the, the way I read that working is that, like, initially, initially, yeah, like, um, Megumi doesn't really care about Jirokurabe, um, but the right. more time she spends with him, like, the, the more she becomes, like, uh, hesitant about actually re replacing his memories, um, is what I recall. Sure. And, like, um, the more Juro's, uh, frustration seems to, like, shift from being frustrated with Megumi and, you know, more just being frustrated with, like, his memory situation, like well he's also like he keeps having visions of like murdering megumi as original juro and he's afraid that he'll hurt yeah him. so like i'd say that like in the first half or so your read i think is correct but in the second half i read it more as like 
they have grown to like really care about each other, but now other stuff has gotten in the way that is like causing them sure. to like sort of keep each other at a distance. We did mention that it just, she imposed yeah. herself on his house, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, like yeah. she got permission from uh, Tomas on the move in, and she did. And Jira's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's it's a thing where like she just moves in, and the game makes a lot of like little winks and nods to, "Oh, she's kind of like the perfect young housewife. She's making all this food for him, and is like has this perfect motherly attitude to him." And I'm like, it creeps me out. Jira wasn't there for it though. Was the thing, right? And I like I, they ultimately didn't connect at all until she. Learn to move past that. Yeah. It's also a thing where, like, I think of all of the, like, pairs that they do, that's the one I buy into the least, and they're the ones that get, like, the big triumphant, like, fucking Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden moment at the yeah. end. I'm like, what is this? I, they they had to ship everyone they could possibly justify, like, together. Like, everyone yeah. had to have a pairing. Like, there's only two characters who didn't even in. It's, like, really... It's really just more that they never, like, said directly if they're a thing or not together. Yeah. Right, like, right. Uh, I do agree that, um, you know, my main criticism of this particular plot line is that I wish they had more actual quiet moments together where they could sell the relationship better. But but as it yeah, currently is, They have is, a lot of scenes together. There was room for them to, like, move to, like, show genuine fondness for each other beyond just a sudden declaration of love at the 11th hour yeah yeah uh, it's just as as it is it, it still works for me because i'm able to like i think i'm fine with having to read into it a little more than than the game actually explicitly sure. gives you that's fair. um kind of sign up about romances just now i'm thinking of it uh between uh natsuno and uh yuki Oh, how yeah. Ha- I-, I was really dubious if Yuki had a crush or not, Suno, but yeah, I- it might be a motherly thing because. Well, yeah, I-, I think the idea is you're supposed to take it as maybe it's a crush, and then you find out that no, that's just her latent maternal instincts. Not to know, my never- second favorite character in the game. They they, they never they never <laughs> managed to sink that for me because even then, it-, it still at the end felt like I don't know. Like I I think they just didn't properly depict those feelings. It's really just in a weird spot. It's in a weird spot, yeah, and it's especially weird, because you're right, you can absolutely read them as attracted, or at least Yuki is attracted to Natsuno. Uh, I think Natsuno has a line you know to that, that effect, too, of, like, yes, yeah. Hmm. yeah, and then you know that, like, ooh, they should not, that's no good, don't do that. No. <laughs> you are, because as, you are uh, very closely related. Uh, yeah, uh, to, to clarify what we're talking about, um, in the original version of those two characters, uh, Yuki was the mother of Natsuno. Yeah. So, yeah, weird shit. But now they're both the same age because of shenanigans, and it's like... "Mm -hmm." Yeah, and like... Yeah. Yori does also have a moment with Yuki where, like, they talk for like a scene and iori gets a yeah crush on i her. i really like the little moment where it's it's after one of the b- combat sequences iori gets like hurt in battle and uh uh yuki's like oh hey let me let me take care of that um and iori's like oh shit she's really cute uh <laughs> wait what that's a that's a guga girl i can't think that about a guga like, girl it's, it, look iori just you're bisexual okay it's fine <laughs> um but yeah, uh, do we want to actually talk about Natsuno now? I know it's like skipping ahead in the list a bit, but 
Yeah, uh, sure. Why I not? really like Nats know a lot. Nats knows another character Love that's her. just really easy to like. Yeah. Yep. She just loves the movie E.T. and wants to be the main character of E.T. Uh, uh, here's here's a good way to describe Natsuno. Like, imagine Mulder lovingly putting a poster of "I Want to Believe" on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She she watches. She loves conspiracy videos, especially about aliens. Uh, and when she finds a sci-fi robot uh, hiding away that bears a resemblance to, it's like if you combined E.T. from E.T. with the robot from Short Circuit. Like, you, that's yeah, how you yeah, get yeah. BJ. Um, and she's like, oh, hell yes. It's it's my turn to be the plucky sci-fi heroine who saves the who saves the alien robot from the government agents who want to destroy him. She doesn't realize he's a robot at first, though. She thinks he's an alien in a suit. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. For the longest time. It takes her a long time to accept that he's a robot. Uh, but yeah, like, Natsuno's storyline is the one that first gets into, like, the wider sci-fi stuff um, in the setting. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, she's the one who, try- who like, quote-unquote, time travels the most initially. Yeah, because she's got to travel to all the different eras to hunt down the Sentinels... Because Sentinel-17 has all of BJ's memories in it, and he doesn't know where it is, so they have to go hunting for it. Yeah. Um, you you eventually discover that BJ is actually just um, Loop 2 uh, Miura, um, stuck, in a, stuck in a robot body. Uh, Miura, who happens to be the 2188 version, who happens to be in love with 2188 Natsuno... Yes. And and that that relationship is preserved through the loops. That ends up exactly like yeah. how it started. Um, but not in the epilogue where we're seeing a different one, because that's like Ogata not to know, isn't it? No. no. Ogata's with no. Tomi. Yeah, Ogata's with Tomi. Oh! Okay, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, yeah, Miura still ends up with not to know. Uh, so I, I like this relationship too, Um and I think the Miura Natsuno relationship it works a lot better in the text than um, the Megumi Juro one because yes, they have I agree. they have they have a lot of great interactions with each other. They both seem like they like yes, each other. <laughs> um, uh, I also just really like the fish out of water stuff with uh, Miura, um, where like yes. where he. Because he's like proper 1940s like military boy, uh, meets yeah. Natsuno in gym clothes. He's like, "Are are you sure you should be wearing those clothes?" And Natsuno's like, "What what is, right. what is your deal? What's your problem?" That is another part where like they they're slipping a little horniness in there because she spends ninety percent of the game in gym shorts. Yep. That's true. It does make sense for that initial like meetup scene but yeah later right, on but she could just especially when she has a line about i really should have changed before time yes. traveling why don't you change yes. all the other times you time travel then like the one thing i the only one advantage you can first is that you're able to tell the glance it's her though because like like for yeah it gives her a unique silhouette yeah, it gives her a unique silhouette that's true. And you already have, like, two other characters. I mean, the thing is, though, is they could have just put the jacket over her regardless. Like, there's other ways yeah, exactly. they could have done that, yeah. but that's... They they have sprites of her with a skirt on. Yep. Um, but, yeah, Natsuno is just, like, a, a very, like, cheerful, energetic uh, girl who, who uh, much like how Iori just wants to live in a J-drama the whole time, uh, Natsu, Natsuno wants to live in an action-adventure flick. <laughs> 
yeah uh, science fiction yeah active adventure yeah like. where she's doing cool hero shit <laughs> um right uh and she she's just very charming um she's so she's just so happy to find this robot yeah yeah and it's the best day of her life yeah uh and and, and <laughs> she like if you know her her relationship with miura is like trying to trying to get basically miura slowly uh becoming not like slowly taking that stick out of his ass <laughs> right yeah, yeah yeah uh and learning to just like roll with the punches um and it's very good um yeah do we want to do miura next since we're yeah, talking about it absolutely him? yeah uh miura is like um i can't remember i think he might be the first character i played as for the 1945 section Mm-hmm. Um, or at least he's one of the first ones you play as. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he just, yeah, he ends up chasing Natsuno. He's, like, been picked as a Sentinel pilot because they have a Sentinel in the 40s that they've, like, think is a weapon that's been developed to fight America in World yeah. War II. <laughs> um, and, like... When Mira meets Natsuno, like, he accidentally gets taken into the future. Um, right. A- along with her, and Mira initially doesn't realize that he is in the future. Like, he just thinks... Because, like, you know, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, he thinks he got kidnapped and, like, taken to America. He t- no, he he's took like, a wow, s- America's really advanced. Then he took a Sentinel to the future, remember? Oh, right, yeah. He, yeah, he takes a Sentinel yeah. to the future. Oh, right, 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 because that's his thing. He's all, you always come in on him, like, looking at his sentinel on the hill yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and, like, he he knows he's still in Japan, but he, like, he's like, well, what what the hell happened here? Like, Japan looks totally different. Why is there English everywhere? Yeah. What the fuck? Um, yeah, they, and, like, there is, there is, like, a colonization sort of thing, like, a soft colonization thing you could go into with that and they sort of do but it's never like an an you know overriding theme of Miura's storyline. Yeah, and it's also a thing where like if you're talking about like America versus Japan in World War 2, hey, we dropped fucking atom bombs on them. That's yeah, no good. Uh-huh. Japan in World War 2 though is maybe not necessarily like the good guys though. Yeah. I uh I'd say kind of wasn't great. a good guy in that well, one. They were doing Imperialism is a thing, but like that doesn't, <laughs> yeah. you know, justify nuclear missiles being dropped on them either. Right, yeah, on yeah. a civilian population. Yeah, yeah. No and then and then post World War Two era Japan, you know, er- America does do a soft colonialism um, on them with yes. the, the various laws that are enacted and the military bases that are, For sure. that are installed. It's, so it's a complicated oh, yeah. thing with like no one is like the good yeah. guys in it. Per uh, se. It initially seems like the the game is gonna you know start speaking on that with Miora's plotline, but it kind of gets dropped after like as soon as Miora realizes that he did a time travel. Yeah. Right. I do like uh, in an early combat bit, Hijiyama's like, "Guys, we should take all these Sentinels back in time and like win World War Two. And they're like, "Who fucking care? That was so long ago. We don't care <laughs> yeah, about it anymore." That's... Like, Hijiyama, please do not stand the Nazis. <laughs> uh, he just wants to do a patriotism so bad. I just yeah. love my nation. Uh, also, Yakisoba Pond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, cause that, yeah, so there's a running gag where, yeah, 
Hijiyama fucking loves yakisoba pan, which is like noodles in a hot dog bun, basically. And Miura loves hamburg steak, which he calls hamburger, <laughs> which is delightful. They finally um, run into each other, too, at one point. Yeah, and they, like, talk about it. They're like, no, you're dumb. Hamburger's the greatest yeah. thing ever. Uh, I did see, when I was looking up stuff about this game the other day, there was a scrap scene from the epilogue where they're arguing about hamburger versus yakisoba pan, and then someone hands them a cheeseburger, which is, you know, a hamburg steak on a bun, and they both lose their fucking minds. <laughs> God, I wish that had stayed in. That's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's like... That's that reminds me of like Codec calls from Metal Gear, like the goofier ones. Yeah, one hundred percent. The hamburgers, the best part of yeah. Metal Gear Solid Five. Yep. Um, <laughs> God, yeah. I guess that. I guess like that just means Japanese, like Japanese games, just have have to have more con- side conversations about the hamburgers. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't have a ton to say about Miura. He's a good boy. I like him. I don't yeah. have a lot to say about him. I yeah you know one of the things I liked about him though was because like he ends up living crashing with Juro and Megumi, so now Juro who wanted to spend some time alone in a house now has a girl living with him and also has another dude living with him. Yeah, like this this like yeah. weirdo soldier boy. <laughs> but like the thing is though, he's actually really nice to Megumi though. Like he thanks her for the food. This is the best thing he's ever eaten, and he's not lying. Yeah, yeah, right. This guy's used to rations, you know, rationing from World War Two, and so it's like. You know, like, he had, like, some nice food, like, had a little bento box she made for him, and fucking just laid on his back next to, like, a, a lake. Like, yeah. just having a good he, time. He's also, at least the order I played in, he was the first character to figure out that there was no time travel happening, because he watched the Karabai house get bombed to nothing in 1945, and yet it's still standing in 1980. It's also missing one of the marks in, in the older one, too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From when uh, his uh, little sister, a, you know, another Chihiro Morimura, the one taken over by the original Chihiro Morimura. Right. God damn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, 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 she, you know, she was playing around and, like, put a big dent in one of the, like, big pillars. And when, you know, in yeah. the supposed future, hey, that mark's not there anymore, but everything else is the same. But also the building was blowing up. Like, what the fuck? Right. And then as he's thinking about that, you get a flashback to 2188 when they're talking about... Like, Tamau is talking to uh, that Mira of, like, hey, my grandpa's house was really cool. Do you think we can put that in the simulation? Yeah. Uh, I really like how they splice that in, because, like, it's the first indication that you're thinking about the game wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, It's yeah. real good. Um, yeah, Miura's story, Miura, bleh, Miura's story is, is a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we already mentioned Hijiyama. Hijiyama is like Miura's superior uh, in the war. Right. Um, he is also like part of the Secret Sentinel project. Um, uh, he gets he, he he initially gets tricked by uh, Okino, who is Okino. Uh, dressing yeah. as a, a scient like a famous scientist daughter. Um. Uh, right, and she's like posing as like one of the engineers behind yeah. the Sentinel. Um, and, like, uh, Hijiyama has a huge crush on Okino posing as the daughter, and once Hijiyama finds out, um, that, uh, Okino, um, normally presents as a man, uh, 
Okino is, uh, he's surprised, but also still into Okino. Yeah. Um, and he panics over it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, for so long. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we already sort of went over the, that. Yeah. Makes sense initially. Yeah, we did. Should have eventually petered off at the end. Um, but I think I probably like Hijiyama more than you do, Luke, but like... He, you know, he's he's one of the ones where I was like, I like him fine, but also he's not one of my favorites. Yeah, I um, he really got knocked down a few pegs for me when I got to a point where the plot was really popping off, and then my progress got locked behind doing more of him. And I'm like, oh great, yeah, can't wait to see what's going on. He's gonna learn, you know, get. I'm, I'm like at the climax, basically. Oh. I have to spend an hour looking for loose change. This jackass can buy a soda. Yeah, God it's damn it! Yakuza Seven experience. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, comparable, somewhat comparable characters though. Like Hijiyama is is uh, strong and stupid. Uh, I I yes, wouldn't call true. him a himbo because I don't think he's quite kind enough. Yeah, but... he's not nice enough to be a himbo, but he's close. He's close. Um, I I I like him because he's just he's easy to understand. I think Ogata is the actual yeah. himbo of this game. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> big time. I can buy it. Uh, but yeah, like Hijiyama's storyline is fine. Um, I think like I got kind of frustrated by how the adventure game segments worked a little, because um, it felt more arbitrary yeah. than some of the other ones. Um, yeah. The adventure game stuff sometimes gets in the way more than anything. Yeah, sometimes it's kind of clever, but yeah, there there are a few times where it's like, how the hell am I supposed to trigger this particular branch? Um, yeah, because like I, I don't think we ever touched on it, but we can say it briefly here. Uh, the way that the visual novel sequence work is that usually like you are controlling your character moving around a, a small map, um, sometimes with several several different sections, and. Uh, and oftentimes um, a particular story will branch and you'll be able to see like in the timeline that you can bring up that there are branching choices that you can make. Um, you do have to right. eventually go through each choice, uh, but in some cases like you can decide which one you see first and that and each branch you go through will unlock the ability to do other branches. Um, sometimes, you know, pretty easy to figure out how to do each branch sometimes takes a bit of guesswork sometimes i had to look up a fact to figure out what the hell was expected of me yeah the one that really just completely pinned me was uh it's an early part of a yori story where you're out on the street with me uh uh miwa and uh tomi and you have to press x at a certain point in their looping conversation to get them to be like hey what do you want to get for food oh god i remember that one. yeah 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 uh-huh. Yeah, I can't remember what which one stumped me. I, I did actually figure that one out on my own, but there were a couple others I can't remember off the top of my head that like really stumped yeah. me. I think one of them was like a Juro branch. I think. Um, well, the way yeah. they present the branches too is a little confusing at times because it's like you think yeah. you can access that branch right now, but you actually can't. You actually have to progress a bit more in the story, and now now you have information to do that branch. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, so like Hijiyama's is is weird in that like the the way it branches seems a little more arbitrary than the others um right but yeah again you spend a lot of time scrounging yeah for to buy soda and yakisoba pan and yeah it's but i'm always so happy for when we get the yakisoba pan <laughs> <laughs> i'll say one thing i'll say for hijiyama 
I have never had yakisoba pan in my life, and goddamn, yeah, I want to really try it do now. now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where to get it though. We should bring up the yakisoba yeah. pan angel now. Yeah, I just yeah. yeah. <laughs> so imagine, imagine you're Hijiyama, right? You, you just came back from like the '40s. You're in the '80s now. You're starving to death. And some schoolgirl's walking around and sees you just, like, dying of hunger. Like, here's your stomach rumbling. He's like, here, I have some... I bought too much yakisoba pond for lunch. You can have some. And he's like, what? Eats it, and it's like the... Just, you know, manna from heaven. I, I, just, yeah. real, just, I just realized that Megumi relates to both of the 1945 characters through food. <laughs> yep, it's good. Yeah, she feeds them both. She feeds the <laughs> troops. <laughs> And, and like he's like, I don't know who she was, but she's my yakisoba pod angel. Right, and then he keeps calling her that later. She's like, please stop calling me that. <laughs> it, it made me really happy. And I was on Twitter uh, like a mon- couple months ago, and I see someone with the handle uh, yakisoba pod angel on it. I'm like, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at pictures of yakisoba pan on Google right now, and yeah, it is just noodles in a hot dog bun, and it seems like a lot of them put like a score of mayo on top. I mean, yeah, that seems pretty good, honestly. Oh, yeah, I, I'll I, eat it. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, I see what if, like... It, There's one that's, like, fully loaded up with, like, a hard yeah. egg. Yeah, so just perched on top as a hard-boiled yeah. egg, yeah. <laughs> Look at all those carbs. <laughs> uh, I, I should probably mention, too, because I mentioned it before we started recording, that I actually made um, a Hamburg steak. Nice. Which is, it, it's really just a hamburger mix is what it is. But you're using panko, yeah. you're using some other stuff. Like, I saw a couple different recipes. I've tried both of them. Um, and, he, and I served it over rice with uh, curry sauce. Nice. I It's nice. something I should probably try making at some point because... Uh, it's not that hard to yeah, do. Yeah, because it seems like pretty easy and also a delicious way of using hamburger meat that's not just making the same burger over and over again. I've done... I've done... Uh... Uh, what are they called? Uh, hamburger croquettes. Those are also pretty easy to oh, do. Neat. Where you just like m- you make balls out of like hamburger and mashed potatoes, and then you bread them with panko oh, and man. deep fry them. Oh man, <laughs> hamburger and mashed potato. Oh yeah. boy. Uh, anyway. Uh, gosh, do we do we want to save like? Oh, I guess there's not a whole lot to talk about Okano. We can kind of save him for the end because he's kind of like a capstone. I mean. He's also just part of uh, Hijiyama's yeah, story. Should, He's just we should go, doing... Nef- yeah, go ahead. We should talk about ok- Okino now. Now it's a logical yeah, time to talk about, that's talk true. about Okino. He's just doing ec- ethically dubious things to figure out how to defeat the kaiju. He's just kidnapping people and, like, brain-probing them. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, what he does I, to Ogata is kind of fucked up. Ah, <laughs> uh, he, he does end up brain-probing Hijiyama as well, and that was... I felt like I... I felt like I needed to leave the room. Like, you two have some privacy. I was gonna say, yeah, when he does to Hijiyama is almost more fucked up, because Hijiyama's like, let me go, I'm tied up with this brain thing on my head. Like, you need to stop. He's like, I'm looking at your brain waves, you don't want me to stop. Fuck you, stop please, stop! No. I'm like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah, it... They try to convey something with that scene, and it was like, I don't know. I just I just want to let them have, have this moment away yeah, from Yeah, I me. don't think it quite works how they sure. want it to. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, is I, I I think that was a huge misstep. Yeah. It's, it's because they're trying to get at, like, oh, you know, maybe Hijiyama's into being tied up or whatever, but, like, this is... Not consensual enough for this to be what yeah, you're trying to say. Yeah, it's not the right he scenario might, he might be, for it. 
he might be into it, but it doesn't matter right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Okino as well has been like dressing up like femme. Like on and off, yeah. too. Like it, you're never sure if it's the Tanjiyama or because I mean, but Okino does say the line that you know when explaining like why he uh, you dresses a girl sometimes, why he dresses you know why you know he dresses a dude other times. Some binaries yeah. just don't work for me. That was the line he used. Right. Like they they don't outright say that he's non-binary or gender fluid, but they get the next best thing. Yeah, like they 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 yeah. do yeah. pretty much always use. Um, once it's revealed that, like, Okino is not actually the professor's daughter, they do exclusively use male pronouns, but also, like, yeah, it's, uh, it is, Okino also implies that some fluidity there. Um, yeah. It is also definitely presented as, like, maybe Okino understands that better than every other character who just, like, doesn't understand anything about that, and is just, ah, it's a dude. Yeah, that's true. Who cares? And Okino, like, does not care enough to, like, have a conversation yeah. about it. Like, all right, fine. Just, okay. you know, say he. I don't care. <laughs> Okino refuses to ever explain himself. No. Yeah. He's got important <laughs> stuff to do, important important interrogation to do. He's got to finish up his Skyrim mod. Right. <laughs> He's looking at his past self Skyrim mod and just shaking his head. Sloppy work. Bugs all over the place. <laughs> uh... But yeah, um, despite Okino's sort of dubious uh, behavior, uh, I did end up like liking him quite a bit. Um, he's a yeah. he's a he's a fun like sort of anti-hero type of character. Yeah, he ends up like sacrificing himself to save everybody, but then not really. He just wakes like he's just trapped in his matrix pod. He's not even one of the Sentinels. Is the thing? Yeah, yeah. like uh, yeah, they they have to like make a body for him through the uh additional body process i think because i don't think he has his own no he does oh he, oh, he does okay he does it okay the the computer severs him oh, from the simulation right. and he can only hack into it to talk to he uh, okay yeah that. you're right okay i forgot about that okay so what let's let's go back to the thing we haven't said yet too i don't know if it's going back to it at this point but um like so, like the reason why they're all naked inside their mechs. Well, they're not inside their mechs. That that's actually right. them seeing the real world. They're actually inside their pods. Yeah, like these growth pods. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Okino is the one who reveals this because he's like, yeah, I designed the Sentinels and I didn't put cockpits in them because that's stupid. If you got hit by a mech fist, you would die instantly I mean, not, from just the not get hit just shock of it. something. Would absolutely yeah. like, destroy you. Yeah, so they're they're actually just like their brains are controlling the mechs remotely from within their like a development pods where their bodies are slowly growing. Right. Um which is uh really cool. Uh <laughs> also also something that bothers me though is that why do some of them have hair clips? Why do some of them have glasses inside their growth? That pods? is a g- you know <laughs> yeah. what? I never thought of that. Good point. <laughs> yep. Nope, it makes it, it, you can't think about yeah, it too just much. like, it, it's fine, it's just they do that so they look uh, distinct, don't think about it too hard. They'd be harder to recognize without their glasses on, that's why. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, I thing is, like, I accept that, I'm fine with that, but it is funny to point yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, there are some yeah. things you just kind of have to hand wave, like, ah, uh, narrative convenience. Um... 
the computer knows that they're getting camera feeds of the pods and it 3D prints the glasses <laughs> for each other's benefit. <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, that's what I know, because they're in the pod looking at, like, a screen or something in there to control the mech, and they need their glasses to see. <laughs> oh, man, that, that kind of sucks. Like, they, the pod can generate them, but it still generates them with short-sightedness. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's building it off of the DNA samples that it got. It's not just, like, building oh, yeah, bodies I guess from scratch. True. Yeah. Because um, there are past versions that wore glasses also wore glasses, if I recall. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Let's let's talk about. We should uh, probably get do this quicker. <laughs> uh, yeah, we need to move right, faster. Um, let's go to Tommy. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's talk about Tommy uh, and Ogata. Let's just do them both at the same time because they're. I really like Tommy. She doesn't get enough to do. Yeah, uh, you know what? I can't remember enough about everything she actually does to like. She spends her whole story in like the ruined future, just like scrounging. For yeah, food that's with true. Um, I did wish she. Guess it'll do a little more. She's she largely serves as a, uh, a as a character who is able to like get exposition from other people. Um, yeah, but I do like really like her relationship with Ogata. Uh, they're probably the most closely linked yeah, of good. all the pairings. Um, they do a good job selling it because they hate each other at first, but provides a convincing case of them like coming to understand each other. Yeah, yeah, it like. We're, because they're scrounging for food together, they're surviving together, they're working together. Yeah, well... And I like that they don't go from, like, they hate each other to they love each other. They go from, like, they hate each other to they're neutral to they're friends to they're in love. Like, it, it's a much more, like, b- believable arc than, like, the Juro Megumi yeah. arc. Um, I also, like, really love the, the source code segment with Ogata. <laughs> um, yes. Because that... Because, yeah, Ogata gets kidnapped by Okino, who is using him to figure out who's transmitting the the control key to the kaiju, and that becomes just a, uh, a source code pastiche. Oh, is that, is that, okay, because I was thinking Groundhog's Day. Yeah, I mean, source code's kind of barring a little from Groundhog Day, but yeah, like, they're... There are bits in that section that are literally quoting source oh, that's code. That's amazing. I had no idea. Yeah, because yeah. like the whole the whole thing is like he has a, a set amount of time to figure out the answer before disaster happens and, and kills everyone, basically. Um, yeah, and like Ogata's whole line when he talks to Tommy about like, "Hey, if you knew that you were only going to live for like a few more minutes, what would you do?" That's a line from source code. Uh, I I had never seen source code before, so I just thought that was like a a really good line. <laughs> Uh, yeah. does, it's a decent. He's movie. a guy who drops raw lines, so yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that scene in particular also like really sells their relationship. Um, uh, yeah, even though it's really just him. Yeah, but but Tommy still gets yeah, a that, lot of like yeah. dialogue that she's yeah. able to do to respond to Ogata. Um, right, but like technically, that's not Tommy. That's like his imagination of Tommy. Yeah, that's. Well, it's not necessarily his imagination. It's it's the like simulation inside his head, and everything is already a simulation anyway. Uh, so like that's I, true. I, I, yeah, I'm not like, gonna pick that one too hard. <laughs> I took it to read like yes, it's not the quote unquote real Tommy, but it's based off the same simulation. So it is accurate enough, accurate enough that like if the real Tommy was there, that's probably what she would have said anyway. Um, maybe. At least that's the impression I got. From it. it, I mean, it's sure. convincing enough, sure. But like, the, his breakout sequence, I think, is really great. Yeah. Um. Oh, getting out of the, 
yeah. Oh yeah, where like he 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 totally figures out what's going on. Is like, hey, okay, no, stop being a piece of shit. Well, th- yeah. Not only that, but like the you know the the older loop uh, Juro Izumi helps him out too, and gets Megumi in on it in a coordinated like rescue attempt. Oh yeah, yeah. That's all. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, the and, weird and, like it's 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 source code until he gets on the train, and then it turns into the train sequences from Evangelion. <laughs> Where like he's he confronts like the little Chihiro who then like warps back and forth between like teen and adult Chihiro. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. I forgot that's a thing yeah. that happens. <laughs> yeah. What, what's interesting to me about Ogata is that like like he's kept in the dark a lot more than most other characters, but he just kinda rolls with it anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listen, he just wants yeah, to punch. Yeah, he just wants to punch good and also, I guess, uh, you know, spend more time with Tomy. <laughs> he wants to punch idiots and yes. hold hands with Tomy. Uh, and Comb is uh, amazing pompadour. Yeah. Um, In fact, that's how he meets Tomy. She insults his hair. That's true, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, they have They have a really... They do have a, like, really charming, like, friends who, like, get on each other's nerves to lovers storyline. Yeah. Um, let me think. Uh, we should probably do Yuki next? Yeah, sure. Yuki is, like, a cool gang girl who's, like, gets hired by the men in black uh, to help, like, hunt down sentinel pilots or whatever. But really, she's just using them to try to find Natsuno, who's, like, gone missing because she got lost in the future during her plotline. One of my favorite things about Yuki's character design is that, like, uh, it looks like a normal, like, school outfit with a long skirt. Even has, like, the, the, like, nice shoes. Uh, But then also she just has fingerless gloves. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she's a Sukiban character, too, so of course she has, like, the black school uniform yeah right it's it's, uh yeah yeah, yeah. uh very much uh borrowing from those tropes but man it looks good um she's 16 and she's already a recovering cigarette addict (laughs) yeah (laughs) like it's not even that she smokes it's that she is stopped smoking but is still struggling with addiction she got in trouble because she went to a boys school to get revenge and beat up like i don't know i don't remember how many guys it was it was like a certain number of guys yeah (laughs) uh She's no, great. She's terrific. Um, uh, I already mentioned, like, the weird thing with her and uh, Natsumi. Um, let me think. What else? Uh, oh, yeah. Like, Yuki, like, initially starts working for the men in black, but then, like, she gets cold feet uh, when she starts to realize, like, what exactly they're doing and also, like, that they're also targeting targeting her, like, best friend. Right, because the men in black work for Ida, so they're trying to blow up the world to start yeah the like over. so she ends up rebelling um i think is she the one who has the final con- final confrontation with ida uh her and uh shu right. both which i don't think we've talked about shu yeah at all. Uh, no i thought it was i and uh yori who had the final converse con- you know confrontation i think a lot of people get to have a big confrontation yeah. with him i don't I'm remember thinking who of the specific one like in like the uh office building of the mib Oh, where he's got like the gun on yeah. somebody. Yeah, no, that was that was I and Yori. Okay, all right. 
And I, I just coolly fucking tells him the facts. Okay. Yeah, you're right. right. Um, but yeah. But Shu also gets a good moment with him in the UFO where he's like, you know, just rips into him like, you're a fucking piece of oh. shit. Yeah, that, that they had their confrontation. And it wasn't the final confrontation, but they had a confrontation in the UFO. Yeah. I, I also yeah. do like the, the stuff between um, Yuki and Shu a lot. Um... I dislike Shu strongly. <laughs> I love Shu. Yeah, I like but... <laughs> I like Shu as well. Um, so I I don't I don't buy the relationship as a thing. It it has all the feeling of fine. I guess you're my little pog champ. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, but I don't know. <laughs> no, like absolutely. Like Shu is definitely the puppy dog in that scenario. <laughs> Um, yeah, but but I like I do buy that Yuki like um, I I do buy that Yuki like uh, starts to you know warm up to him um, by the end just because like I I do like their interactions with each other. I will say I really like Shu and I really like Yuki. I am neutral about yeah, them getting together. I will say like um, even though I like I like the pairing, um, I wouldn't necessarily you know, care if they were paired with different people instead. Like, it's the one I am probably the least invested in. I like it better than Juro and Megumi, but that's I don't agree with that, but we've already been over that. (laughs) Um. I I, I probably exaggerate a bit. Like, I don't hate Shu, but he is a fuckboy. Yeah, he's a little bit of a fuckboy. He's certainly got that energy. He's, He's a rich kid, just constantly forwarding of yuki chan it's like come on dude yeah um that, yeah. that said like shu is genuinely a good person he just like behaves kind of like a shithead sometimes um but hey since yeah i i like the moody shu hanging out in his apartment talking to his yeah. tv yeah well yeah that's what we should get into shu's whole thing of talking to the uh i cannot remember the idol's name yeah oh, god Tommy's yeah i don't remember either self yeah, that was a it's, that was it's a got an eye Android in it. Tomy Mi- we were about. She uh, uploaded herself to a satellite and she projects herself into the eighties as a uh, idol. Yes, and talks to Shu through his television because it's all a simulation. Right. It's uh, Miyuki. Yeah, Inaba. she's in the satellite. There Miyuki Inaba. Yes. Uh, yeah, and she is like in the satellite overlooking the planet that they're on. And uh, she wants to help them, like, get out of the Matrix so they can, like, start to repopulate this planet or whatever. Or, I guess, populate for the first time. I mean, just getting uh, out of the fucking kaiju cycle is motivation enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, like, through him, like, he finds out that, you know, the simulation is only 30 kilometers long. He thinks it's, like, the village, but on a spaceship. Yeah. When really it's just like, no, you're just out of bounds, and now there's just, like, geometry back here. Yeah, girders. Lots of girders. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't know, he hangs out with Juro a lot, uh, because Shiba always... Why does Shiba always want to take Juro over to his house? Uh, it, it's remember. so they can watch the kaiju films together. Okay. Um, because, like, th- that that's how, like, uh, that's how, like, Shiba is, like, able to trick him into watching those films to, like, get his memories, like, overwritten. Right. Is like, oh, we're just having a fun time watching movies with friends. Definitely not doing any fucking 
weird things to your memory. It's fun because, like, the Shiba thing is very Fight Club, and it's fun to see, like, when you're playing as Juro and hang out with Shiba and Shu, and then you do the same scene with Shu later and Shiba's not there. Oh god, Shiba really is Brad Pitt in this scenario. Yes. Oh yeah, 100%, yes. uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't show up with, like, a fur coat and god, sunglasses. that'd be so good. He would, though. He <laughs> yeah, would. he has that energy. Right, he totally would. Um, he 100% acts exactly like, uh, well, not exactly, but, like, very much, like, young. If if Tyler Durden was, were, like, a 15-year-old, um, yeah. that's what Shiba would act like. But, yeah, no, I, I um, although I, I do kind of like Shu's interactions with, uh, Yuki, uh, I, my favorite parts are when he is just hanging out with Juro and they're just being good friends together. Um, cause like you see yeah. Shu like genuinely care about a person. Yeah. 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 It's, it's good to see Shu not, not being a fuck boy. Just, just being actually a nice Yeah. Dude. He's like, look, if you ever, you know, want to hang out here cause your home situation is very weird. Like, you know, stay over. It's fine. I like having people to yeah. hang out with cause I'm incredibly lonely. She also has a really good, <laughs> she also has a really good moment with Ogata where they both like. They're like old friends from middle school, and they both really want to talk to somebody about the crazy shit they've been doing, but no one will believe them. And, like, Ogata has the thing where, like, yeah, I was out of school for a week because I was trapped in the 2020s. And she was just like, alright, well, if you don't want to tell me, fine, but don't make fun of me. Anyway, I was talking to uh, an idol through my TV last night, and Ogata's like, alright, you're making fun of me for having a weird story. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh... But yeah, no, I, I I like I like Shu's storyline. He's he's a he, yeah. he can kind of be a shithead, but in his heart, he's a very good boy as well. Oh. He's a lovable shithead. Oh god, that reminds me of the scene though, where uh, Tomi and um, Okino uh, go to a different time period, and Hijiyama uh. and Ogata are both like thinking the worst. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> Of storming over another one, admitting they're jealous. <laughs> um, also, like part of the reason why I kind of uh, I kind of do like um, Shu with Yuki, even though like I'm I'm not you know really super invested in it, is because it, it does seem yeah. like the reason why Shu is constantly pestering Yuki is that Shu does legitimately think that Yuki is really cool, uh, but that's just how he knows how to interact with girls. <laughs> It's like she watched her beat up a bunch of dudes, and was like, "Who yeah, should beat me yeah. up?" Uh, or when you cut on Shu in fucking strategy mode, and it's like, "Gotta put on a show for Yuki Chan." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I just want to give an important announcement real quick. I just looked at the Miwako entry on this Thirteen Sentinels wiki, which tells me that her name literally translates to "beautiful peace child," that, and yes, I agree a hundred percent. It's great. <laughs> um solitary apparently means uh marsh and transit which not not okay. quite as relevant but yeah uh but yeah no first name very apt um let me think uh i guess uh yeah i guess like shoe good guy uh amazing he turned out as well as he did considering who he was based on <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. We, I don't think we ever said that. he's the same guy. Yeah, as just, Ida. just so, without his memories. Well, so yeah. the cool thing about Shu's storyline, though, is that like 
it really it really cements this, this fact that you're not really bound to this destiny based on who your past self was. Right. You don't have to be that person. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely the the storyline that is the most blatant about like you know these these are their own separate people <laughs> because she yeah, is nothing, like so. almost nothing like Ida. I mean, there are the parallels that happen, but then there's divergences. Yeah, like from their right. original, you know, versions. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's the right way to put it. Yeah, I I, yeah. I think Shu uh, iterations. Yeah, iterations, I think Shu even. Uh, I'm pretty sure like Shu even makes a comment at at some point about like, uh, like how he's ashamed or that it sucks that like, uh, like he's based on Ida. <laughs> right. Uh, he's like, man, that guy's a shithead. I don't. I hate that I'm based yeah. on him. Um, God, look at this jabroni. <laughs> uh, and I'm looking through. Uh, I guess do we want to talk about Sekigahara? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We uh, Sekigahara's is is an interesting storyline because it's basically like a a fugitive murder mystery. Um, yeah, like he wakes up with no memory and Morimura dead in front of him. Yeah, he's like, shit, did I kill her? And he like has it's a gun like, no, in his hand. No, Sekigahara, you did not kill Morimura. A toddler killed Morimura. No, stupid. Her preschool self yes. killed her. Come on. She was killed by a, a baby. A tiny child took your gun and then shot a woman in the face. She was killed by a baby version of herself housing the consciousness of an old lady version of herself. Duh. Oh my god. It's literally a boss baby. Yes. She was literally killed by yes. boss baby. Yes, she was killed by boss baby. <laughs> boss baby must pay. Um... Yeah, his whole thing is like unraveling the mystery of what happened before he lost his memory. Yeah, which who we is see bits of in other storylines. Four twenty six, whatever. Two four six. Two six. <laughs> now you've got me fucked up. Four two six. I, I keep thinking of La Miserable whenever like the prisoner numbers come oh, up. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, A's A's kind of cool. Um, I can I can kind of understand why Iori falls for him. Uh, we also find out that twenty one eighty eight. A is technically the person responsible for wiping out humanity because he killed the last 15 people yeah, alive. Uh, yeah, so the original A was actually an assassin. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> A cool yeah, assassin. Yeah, he was an assassin who had to kill Morimura, and to do it, he bombed the last human colony. <laughs> Killing himself along Man, with everyone else. Man, there sure are a lot of 2188 people that are bad people. <laughs> the 2188 people are uh, no good. I think, like... Mira and Nats are, and Natsumi are fine, uh, and like Enjiro's yeah, last okay. act was to like let himself die so he could save Megumi. Uh, a reminder: the original Megumi was a child, yes. a literal child. Yes. <laughs> yeah, original Megumi yeah. has rights. She's blameless. So, I- <laughs> although her dad tried to pull some zombie shit, where he's like, "No, I'm not infected. Let me and my daughter in." Well, okay, you got me. I'm infected, but she's not. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. One, like <laughs> a third of the of the original twenty one eighty eight cast are perfectly fine. <laughs> the yeah. rest, you can you can just leave them. Uh. But yeah, a lot of this. I mean, a lot of the characters we have left. Their thing is just unraveling a lot of the yeah, mysteries like we've already explained. Holes, basically. Like we can touch on them, but. Like, yeah, like, again, Ryoko's thing is she's just in a memory fugue while she tries to solve mysteries, and it's sad. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, she has the most tragic situation. Like, she, um, because, like, they kind of figure out a way to hack the, uh, their progressive, like, nanite situation, because that's how they're losing their memory. Yeah. 
And uh, I voluntarily gives up his memories while preserving his personality. Ryoko doesn't even get that chance. No, she just gets wiped at the end. She has nothing but knowledge on how to pilot a Sentinel at the end. Oh, yeah, I I forgot that's how Shinonome's storyline ended. Yeah, her storyline ends with her waking up not knowing anything or anyone. Damn, I forgot that that how dark that was. That's yeah, and Sekigahara is like, okay, we have fucking done enough to her. Please let her rest. And she's like, no, I know how to pilot a mech. Let me pilot the mech, please. Yeah, uh, Shinonome is one where I had mixed feelings um, about because, uh, like, her storyline is is super tragic. Uh, but also, like, she does some pretty terrible things to people. Um. She does, but again, like, you know, she does it because she's manipulated by a bad man. Yeah. She's a teen. She has limited culpability here. I'd say she has less culpability, but, like, like, there's, she, I don't know, she's, she still, like, installs that shit because she's jealous. Well, the thing is, too, is, like, how, how culpable is she when she doesn't even remember that anymore? Like, Yeah, that, too. Like, the person that exists at this point is not really the person that did yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, is, that is true. Um, she also destroyed herself. Yeah. It, it, gets, it gets really, like, messy with uh, Shinonome. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, that storyline was fine. I just, I just never could bring myself to, like, really care about Shinonome much. Like, like intellectually, sure. yes, it's it's tragic. You know, she's she's a victim. I just I just could never bring myself to really care about Shinonome. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. I think the last person we have on this list is Goto, who's just Miles <laughs> yeah. Esmer. Uh, uh, let, let me go push up my glasses as they glint <laughs> in the light. And I, did I destroy you? This notebook where I have all yeah. The he just destroys the bad guy yeah. with facts and logic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the, his facts don't care about Chia uh, Morimura's feelings. Like, um, yeah. no, that's it. That's uh, Goto's kind of a dick, but even even comparing him to Ben Shapiro is very mean. <laughs> yeah, no, he's the thing is Goto <laughs> yeah. hasn't done anything really bad either. The worst thing Goto does is like he falls in love with adult Morimura and like wants to revive her, and then. When he finds out he accidentally revived evil scientists more and more instead, he's like, ah, oh, nuts. Yeah. Ah, rats. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, other than that, Goto, Goto's just kind of like an aloof person who's just kind of a dick to people, but like, you know, in, in a way that it's clear, like, he just doesn't want to, he just wants to be left alone, <laughs> mostly. So it's like, yeah, eh, it's fine. Um yeah, and, and he does get to have, like, a really great scene where basically every single one of his story branches is him just, like, slowly revealing to uh, Morimura in child body uh, that he has figured out uh, everything about what is happening uh, and that uh, and that he's going to help the Sentinels win this time. Right. Uh, and it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, because it's like he manages to convince her to help them, too. yeah, to give up her plans and, d- and risk it all. These kids, 
yeah, it's a it's a it's a really good uh, it's a pretty short it's a much shorter and more straightforward storyline than the others, but uh, it's a really nice yeah. capstone that helps uh, bring together all the plot threads that you've been uncovering. Uh, because at that point, yeah. once you get to his storyline unlocking, you've had a lot of different plot dumps, uh, and it can be hard to keep them all keep track of them all in your head. And Goto is kind of there to be like, all right, class, here's what we've learned so far. Yep, he ties <laughs> right, off yeah. very neatly. Like, yeah. turn, turns his chair around. Let's have a clip show. Um, yes. So I do appreciate that his storyline exists for that reason. Uh, he should go on a date should. with Miwako. Humor yes, her, goddammit. He should. Uh, maybe Miwako can actually uh, help him not be a dick for once. What the fuck do you have against her? She's perfect. <laughs> Just be nice to her. Piece of shit. <laughs> you know, I changed my mind. He's my least favorite character because he's somewhat impolite <laughs> to Miwako. This is the uh, we could talk about the ending a little more uh, in sequence now. I think. Yeah. yeah. So like after after like you've gone through all the storylines and everyone's kind of on the same same page of like all right we're gonna go through with the plan to defeat the kaiju with the upgraded sentinels uh, thanks to Okino and Juro's meddling, um, like uh, you fight off the different waves from different time periods. Um, and it looks like things are uh, about to go badly because, um, the, like, the AI lady, whose name I just forgot, even though I looked it up a moment ago, Inaba. Inaba. Uh, she, she's limited f- with her communication time because she has to, because she's confined to a satellite. Um, and, like, yeah. because satellites orbit... Um, she's not always able to be in communication with them. So at a certain point in the combat storyline, she's like, uh, hey, by the way, I'm going to be out of communication for a while. Um, I'll be back with you in like 14 hours. And everyone's like... <laughs> you do get a very good level in the combat sequence where she sings until she yeah. loses contact it's... while you fight. And it's it's a cheap yeah, trick, but it's a very Macross sort of thing that I appreciate a lot. Um, also, the name of that song is called Seaside Vacation. Nice. If you want to look it up on YouTube. Nice. Um, but yeah, so they're like, man, we were worn out to just by fighting for like a couple hours. How the hell are we going to manage 14? And they're like, well, we don't have much of a choice, so we'll give it our best. Um, but you know, after fighting for a few hours, they have like a few more hours to go. They're like, look, we're worn out. We're not going to be able to do this. Is there any other way that we can make this happen? Um, and then I can't remember who comes up with the plan. Uh, I think it might be Ida. No, it's Chihiro actually. I think that is like yeah. okay. There, uh, yeah, because Chihiro can align, can basically like modify the satellites to get it to align earlier. But in doing so, she's going to force the other satellites down so that they can like form a chain. But that will cause those satellites to crash into the planet. So it's only a yeah. one-time thing. So she, like, as as her act of, like, good faith uh, helping out Goto and the gang, uh, Moriyamura does that to the satellites. Um, they're able to connect with uh, uh, Inaba again. And I- Inaba does the final thing she needs to do to... I can't remember, what, like, what specifically she does, though, to make everything work. Uh, she, like, 
I think she activates like the Aegis, but not like the last one, so that they can blow up all the monsters attacking oh, right, the yes. school, which like triggers the win condition yeah, of the game, so they can clear. all leave. Oh right, yes, uh, yeah. So like when the all clear happens, the simulation's like, okay, sweet, uh, we won, everyone's safe now, we can come out of lockdown, um, and uh, all the our heroes are then. Uh, shunted from the simulation, their minds go back uh, to their bodies in the growth pods. Um, the growth pods open right on time, uh, and they step out uh, into the new world to, uh, like, do a bunch of yard work, uh, uh, get some AIs into <laughs> some bodies, and uh, f- form a bunch of hetero couples. <laughs> which I, I believe is yeah. gets into Luke's uh, main complaint about the ending. Oh, I, I want to complain about this too, yeah. though, because it's like way too, it's yeah, way yeah. too neat. Yes. It's very, like, so here's my big beef with this, is that this game is so much about like, oh, like our current hardships are defined by like the bad choices made by people in the past. And it's like this constant snowball effect of like we're dealing with the consequences of decisions we weren't around for and didn't get a vote on and like oh can we ever escape this awful like loop of pain that was set into motion by like people that were around decades ago and the answer is yes we can escape all of their terrible choices and we're we're safe and we're happy and we're gonna replicate the exact kind of society and like mode of living that they had like it's this thing where like the game talks about how these really aren't even humans. They're space aliens. There's some new thing that is being, like, corralled and controlled by, like, the last vestiges of humanity. And they have to break free from that. But then once they break free from that, don't worry. They're gonna just, like, be normal 80s people and just completely, like, not become their own thing. They're just going to grow up and be normal yeah, human it, it, adults. Yeah, I never bought the alien thing, by the way. I I definitely... Because I was a character who said that. Sure, but, like, the, from a certain perspective, that character's right, you know? Like, their humanity died thousands, if not millions of years ago, and they're, they're human, like, DNA-wise or whatever, but they are also, like, something new, and they could be anything... And what they end up being is exactly like the people that, you know, they're not evil like a lot of the 2188 people are, but they don't, it doesn't feel like they are breaking free from, like, that mindset and that way of, like, looking at the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, if if your argument is that this should have been, the ending should have been more, like, sensate, (laughs) where... (laughs) Uh, at least in, in, like, how the characters relate with, with each other. Like, yeah, I agree, that would have been a, a better ending. I'm not saying it needs to break into well, an no, I don't mean, like, literally like that scene, <laughs> but in terms of, like, how the characters relate to each other. Um, God damn it, the Wachowski's I'm saying it, it should feel, like, more like... Like, they grow... The characters that survive either, like, are from the 40s or the 80s, or they moved there and basically became from the 80s in a way that, like... I don't know. There's a there's a streak to it that just feels very not regressive. I don't know the word. I mean, I'm it was always for. part of the plan, though. They had these different time like timelines. Right. People in. There yeah. Was, like the the thing is like what yeah. was the way? Yeah. They were that? literally like training them to replicate that. Oh yeah, for sure. But then it turns into like 
it's it's the 80s that manages to win. None of the future timelines, they get wiped out. And, like, yes, there is, um, you know, Okino and uh, Hijiyama. But other than that, every single character is getting together in a, like, heterosexual couple. And the epilogue shows them all talking like sitcom couples in a way that's like, oh, the future of humanity could have been anything, but it's actually going to be the 80s again. Okay. Uh, Shinonome and uh, Goto didn't really get together. I think they're the only people who didn't like reproduce, but they're they clearly have sure. a, a affinity for one another. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they have like a tossed off line? Like, oh yeah, we used to date. Don't worry about it. And I didn't. I didn't actually worry about it. <laughs> it was yeah. nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I know what type of person I was when I was like sixteen, and I don't know. I just I have a hard time buying this that they all had had happy relationships and all had kids. Right. And it's fine. And only one person having trouble is Yuki and uh, Shu. That's because Shu can't stop being kind of a fuckboy. Right. It's it's like not like yeah, a serious problem. The, the good, I think the good part about the ending, though, is like when they actually go back to the simulation. Yeah, I do like them going back to the simulation, and I like the weird shit of, like, oh, yeah, we're going to 3D print new human bodies to download the AIs into, and, like, that's all wild. We gotta save Miwa. Yes. Everything is worth Miwa. We gotta. Um. See, see, no, Luke, see, that's what redeems this timeline. They have Miwa-chan. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, your, your complaints about how the ending ends up being, like, you know, absolutely fair. I guess it worked for me just because, yeah, sure, like, the the pairings end up being predictable, and, like, yeah, I guess it is a little too, more too like, Hallmark ending. But also, like, sometimes Hallmark endings are just what I want, you know? <laughs> like, I, sure, I like yeah. that, you know, at, at the end of these horrific trials that every, everyone had to go, go through, like they do just end up together in a happy existence, like, with the people they most care about. Um, yeah, I definitely want that to have a happy ending to it. I just wish it wasn't such a, I don't know, I guess traditional happy ending. Like, I want them I want them to go find a happy ending that the people that sent them on that spaceship would disapprove yeah, of. Yeah, I just... Know? I think realistically, I don't think we were ever going to get that from Vanillaware. Sure, yeah, totally. Um, it, I, if you think about it this way, the ending could have been a lot worse. It absolutely could have been worse. Like, I will give you like that. the the ending that that you want and that I I would agree would be better is not something that Vanillaware would ever give you. It's something that like uh you know LGBTQ indie creators would do if they had made thirteen sure. cents. Yeah. It's not anything this game would ever. No, do. I agree. That is a yeah. I think that's a very fair point. Yeah, these simply aren't the people to expect that from. Yeah, that's reasonable, but it's still it. I, I was having such a good time with the story of this game, and just the way it ended was just kind of it, it hit a flat note for me. That kind of was like, oh, that. Yeah, you mm. always had the journey. Still. So. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, yeah. So, like, I, I guess um, I, I kind of knew from the outset that like it was kind of a miracle that we even had the stuff with uh okino and hijiyama so when i got the ending i'm like you know i'm just glad that this was a happy ending and not some sort of like 
tragedy because that's usually how storylines like this end like there's some sort of you know some good person has to sacrifice themselves and it's like a it's a measured success but no just everyone gets to be happy um i'm like you know what i will i will take it i'm glad i i'm glad i got what i got i I, that's i ultimately got my weird sci-fi bullshit though and that's true like that blog blog like yeah yeah yeah. like that because 13 sentinels is a game that says oh yeah we're definitely soft science fiction this is crazy shit time travel like androids like look at all this stuff and then you find out slowly but surely. Now it's it's actually fairly hard science fiction. It has a realistic scale of yeah. space. Uh, they're not doing anything really actually fancy in the end. Yeah, like the most like ridiculous thing is the spaceship that can like fuel itself forever by like harvesting resources as it goes or whatever. And like that's not impossible. I mean, like I mean, it takes a long time very, though, which they acknowledge. Yeah. Right, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like, like you're floating through space. Yeah, because for most the epilogue, the epilogue shows like an alternate version of the 1980s kaiju attacks, where instead of like Juro and Iori, it's uh, Natsumi and uh, Ogata there in sort of like the implied main right. character role. Um, and so, like you know, there's there's just an infinite number of these scenarios happening, all with like their different possible outcomes. Uh, so like. Uh, it both tickles that hard sci-fi itch that, you know, Melissa wants, and also uh, it gives fans an ability to be like, you know what? You can headcanon whatever outcome you want, because, like... Luke, somewhere out <laughs> there is the ending you really wanted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, This yeah, isn't yeah. the only way it can go. <laughs> it's just... Well, see, but if I'm being a pouty little shit, I could be like... Oh, cool! Infinite times over. They're gonna recreate Japan in the nineteen eighties <laughs> once they escape. I mean, sure, if you want to be cynical about it, uh, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. like that that epilogue's uh, that epilogue scene. Like my my view on it is like, yeah, okay, I guess that's an epilogue um, because I take the I take the um, view of you know I this the the characters I care about are the ones I spent time with. Like, the epilogue for me is sure. more just, like, a neat thought experiment. Um, Much like the movie Source Code, it just sort of ends yeah. on a, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, so, like, my my reaction to it was, like, yeah, okay, I guess that's also happening. Um, but, honestly, my opinion right. of it would be the same, even if it, if, even if it just weren't there. Sure. I, I think it's yeah. a fun button. Yeah, moment. like, I don't care about it, but also, like, it, it's neat to have for people who do like to think about those sorts of things. Which yeah. I, I do, because I'm weird. No, that's, I don't yeah. think that's a weird thing. I think plenty it's, of people like that. It's clear in another stuff. galaxy. Like, holy fuck. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's, I'm, there's plenty of Homestuck fans who also like that. <laughs> who are probably right there with you. <laughs> How dare you? I can't... How dare yeah, you? Yeah, I can't... You've known Melissa for how long, and you have the fucking audacity to compare her no, to No, I did that fan? on purpose, because I knew... Because <laughs> I love her, so I tease her. What, 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 what did I do to you to deserve this? <laughs> I went on your podcast to talk about this cool video game with you. Sound like a mafia, Don. You do this when I'm guesting on your podcast? Shit! <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, I apologize for calling you a Homestuck fan. Uh, I mean, I, I, 
I just remember being in LA for like a few months, living up a buddy, and I, we were at the local Costco, and I hadn't thought about Homestuck in like probably a year. And I look over down the aisle, and there's someone in a full Homestuck cosplay. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what which year was the, this. Well, God, so he had to be about twenty nine, I want to say. So about five years ago. Oh, huh. That's more recent I, than I would have figured. I don't know which one of the trolls she was. I just know she was. A there troll. are there are billions of trolls yeah. now, so you know it's not as easy as it was. It once was. Yeah. To figure out which. Only one I know to name was is Vrishka, because that's the only one you never like mentions <laughs> by name anywhere anywhere yeah. in my social circles, and I don't know why she's the only name. Vriska, my nemesis. Uh, <laughs> no, she's great, you. actually. But we can't get into the Vrisk course here. Yeah, We've uh, long yeah. I think um, that's pretty much like I don't know. Does anyone have any uh, closing thoughts on Thirteen Sentinels? I think we've kind of covered a lot of our opinions on the game. I think okay. My last thing I'll say: this game has an absurd amount of plot in it, and it is thirty hours long. No one else has any excuse for going yeah, for like a hundred hours. This is a real dense and very tightly paced game. Like it's basically the perfect length for what it is. It doesn't feel like thirty like, it's hours. Just, yeah. It feels like a lot longer. No, it does. Uh, yeah, like fucking hey, Hideo Kojima, get get it together, dude. I don't know. I feel like the people who should be yelling at right now is CD Projekt. Oh Red. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, where they're like, oh, 170 hold on, hours. Hold on, fuck like yourselves. Kojima's got his problems, but let's let's look at the real villain of this of this modern yeah, day. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> yeah, come on, Kojima was the villain. That, of that's 2019. fair. Uh, also, Ubisoft in particular, like every every game Ubisoft yes. has done recently. Yeah, <laughs> like I'll call them out. But yeah, no, there's a there's a lot of developers who could learn lessons from Thirteen Sentinels in terms of like. Uh, story like storytelling cutting the fat like i can't think of heart like even though i didn't necessarily care about the combat that much i don't think i'd necessarily cut it down further than it already is because for people who did like who did get into the combat it kind of does feel like they put in just enough missions i mean they have the they have extra missions after that like i can't remember how many missions there are but there's a video of someone doing all of them there's at least one more like like set of levels the same length. It's, as the it's other a lot three. of levels, like over a hundred. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you can oh, you wow, can keep yeah. going for a long time if you want to. Yeah. Oh wow! I am glad I decided not Your to. Your sentinels are going to be so freaking jacked by the end of it. I opened up the first one just to see if there was any story associated with it, even if it was like a goofy like. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's just no. additional levels you can play if you just really want to do more combat stuff. Um. Like, I thought maybe it'd be a goofy thing where, like, hey, let's check in on the Sentinel fights of that other timeline we looked at with, uh, you know, Ogata and, uh, not Snow, but nah. Yeah. There's no and that dialogue. could be the headcanon for that, for certain. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, I mean, sure. I, I can't think of how you would cut the storyline down much farther without, like, losing something important. Um, you, yeah, you'd have to start cutting I mean, elements of the story. We, we even saw, a few, you know, we talked about a few things that we wish were in, you know, yeah. in the game, you know. Things are developed better between some of the characters. Yeah, if any, if anything, I'd be fine if with you, it being like a. If you really want to make a story that looks like it's a t- that looks like Looper, but actually it's the Village, but actually it's the Matrix, but actually it's like fucking two thousand one. 
I don't think yeah, you can make yeah. it any shorter. Like, honestly, like, yeah, if if it were, like, a couple hours longer just to fit in, like, a, you know, some more uh, quiet character moments, I I think I'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, but, yeah, yeah I... I wish more games, to- like, were better about telling their stories, like, 13 Sentinels. Like, they don't have to be, like, overly complicated. Like, I think even if you have a very straightforward story, like, you know... Trim, trim that shit down. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I want shorter games that look worse by people that are paid more to work yeah, less. Yeah, e- evergreen tweet. Um, yeah, yeah. I I love this game a lot. Uh, it is a game that is very that wears like its inspiration and its heart on its sleeve. Created by people who clearly yeah loved making it. Um, yeah, and. It, it looks gorgeous uh and it just has a lot yes. of really great characters and a really great story and like uh, uh, like there are plenty of things to to criticize it about but also at the end of the day i think at least for me a lot of those criticisms are fairly minor in the grand scheme of things also they need to just like make porn jerk off to it get it out of their system before they sit down to do <laughs> oh, any you work you mean the creators I that yes. Was Dragon's Crown. yes yeah <laughs> that that is fair you're not allowed to draw you're not allowed to draw a female character unless you jerk off first and i mean get like all the with, with how lenient steam is they could just publish like a straight up uh adult game on steam and just get that shit out of their systems and I feel like they would enjoy yeah, doing like, it. Just give us an adult visual novel. It's fine. Uh, plenty of people will buy it, I'm sure. Uh, and then you can go back to like making like a game that does isn't infected by that horny. <laughs> right. It, it never works that way though, because they're just gonna get more horny. <sighs> that's probably true. Yeah. That's yeah, that's the monkey's paw. That's how. <laughs> Ain't that always the way? Um. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, closing thoughts, Melissa. God, this game is such a pleasant surprise, especially from like Atlas Published, especially from Vanillaware after Dragon's Crown. Like, I like Odin Sphere, but I mean, this is reinforced to me like the stuff I really like about Vanillaware. Yeah, especially since like when the first trailers came out for Thirteen Sentinels, because it was Vanillaware, and because like some of the first things you saw were of like a hot of or of like Yori. Um, in her fairly short skirt running around, I was like, hmm, I don't right. know about this one. <laughs> um, and then it turned out to be a sleeper hit. Like, I could never have predicted that this is, that I'd love this game as much as I do. Uh, it, it It's nice when games can surprise you like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, so I think that's about it uh, for 13 Sentinels. Uh, thank you, Luke and Melissa, uh, for joining me uh, to talk about this game, because uh, Lord knows I, I don't see any other discussion about this game on my Twitter feed. <laughs> like, and I follow some freaking <laughs> nerds on my, like, anime nerds on my Twitter feed, and I, like, I still don't see anyone talking about this game. <laughs> God, there is so many people I know who would love this game yeah, who aren't playing absolutely. this game. I think uh, uh, Mikey was like, hey, Dustin, would I like this game? I'm like, probably i don't know i don't know much about your taste that the video game taste but probably um but yeah 
I guess if you listen to it this far and still haven't played it and, uh, um, like, artists are like, hey, that actually does sound pretty interesting. Like, even though you have been spoiled on, like, a lot of the plot details... I'm actually not convinced you have been spoiled because I'm not convinced this conversation was possible to follow Good if you point. hadn't played um, it. Like, you know, we have spoiled some twists, but uh, I think it's still fun to, like, go through the story just because the characters are, are like, really enjoyable and it's it's nice seeing them interact with each other uh, and, ha- and sort of follow along with them as they learn what's going on. So even if you do know plot twists and are like, oh, this does sound interesting... I do highly recommend checking it out still, uh, even having listened to this whole thing, because uh, you'll you'll probably like it. Well, one, one final question, sure. by the way. Who is your favorite Sentinel? Oh, as in, like, character or robot? The, the actual character. Uh, Iori. Luke? Um, let me look at the list. Iori's definitely up there. Uh... Let's see, I'm gonna go just so I'm not saying the same thing. I'll say yeah, not. She's, she's a very close I, second for me. I thought Shinonome was really cool. <laughs> I like her a lot. Yeah, that's I'm sorry, Justin. You're outnumbered. <laughs> I can be wrong about something. It's okay. Uh, what was actually what was your favorite robot type to use in battle? I really liked the punchy lads on, like, big boss fights. Oh, yeah, especially, like, with the uh, one heat blade move. I can't remember what it was called, the demolition blade. Yeah, yeah demolisher, demolisher blade. blade. God, that's such a good, fun move to use. Just chewed through everything. Uh, yeah, they're really good, and I really like the um, Gen... Whatever oh, the Gen the 3. The, those were my favorites, was the, the, lo- the Gen 3 long-range types with the rail guns and the yeah. super missiles. Yeah, they're the artillery. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. love them. Uh, I like the Type 4s. I like the flying yeah, stuff. Yeah, they were pretty good. Especially the ones yeah, that could use, good. like, the, the super kick. Yeah. Because uh, those were also really good little... about killing bosses. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, you were gonna say something. I think I interrupted you there. No, oh no, no. Uh, like it, it's, it reminds you more of a, of a mosquito bite, honestly, because they latch on and shock him with that kick, I believe. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it's like a spike that I think that comes out of their foot that yeah. they like uh, just jam right into the robot and then electrocute them. Um, I do like all. I do like uh, because everything is abstracted, so you can't see the actual move that the. Uh, mechs are doing they instead like give you this short gif basically uh when you hover over yeah. the move that shows you what it's supposed to look like it's very it's it's very uh charming. right uh, it's good anyway yeah uh that'll do it for this episode of skies of academia uh thank you very much for joining me hopefully this has convinced at least uh uh someone to play this game because i do really like it and i i I wish uh you know it got more attention than it did it kind of felt like it came out uh to zero fanfare (laughs) yeah kind of kind of just came and went um yeah although it is nominated for best story oh really that's i'm actually shocked by that (laughs) yeah oh god it's probably not gonna win it's oh it almost certainly won't no, it's gonna yeah. lose to the fucking Last of Us. Yeah. Like that's how like, the game it's almost certainly go. gonna lose to Last of Us. Honestly, I I'm I was surprised when Disco Elysium won that last time. 
what a yeah. that that was a nice year. They're contractually obliged to make <laughs> one cool choice every year so that you yeah. think they're kind of legitimate. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, I guess it's an like honor to be nominated. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, before this turns into us just dunking on Jeff Keeley for like an hour, um, thank you for ah. joining us, and I don't have an outro for this. I can't, can't. We may, ju- we may right, be just a podcast, but we're a podcast with a giant robot. Are, are you allowed to put video game music at the end of it? Because, like, seriously, you should. Be I, I don't, I don't think uh, this podcast does not have a large enough audience that I ever have to worry about someone trying to copyright strike me. I did that shit all the time with Bogacast. No yep. one ever get, came after me for it. Hey, that's like my Twitch. Thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not big enough to have to worry. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, g- give me give me the track you like, and I'll put that sucker at the end.
Casa